We the bestest cast with the left twist. Not fairly well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Huh. Yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List with Fox trying to get down White Sox Dave and Kenny Carkeet. With you from the band, as always, is your boy Colin. Back in his homeland of Chicago, we have Mr. David Williams. Dave, how are we today, buddy? Good. The last two episodes I was out in New York, right? Yep, you were suicidal both times. Yeah, pretty it. much. I will say this, dude, like, and this kind of goes against the brand that I've built so hard, and, and that entire brand consists of just shit-talking New York City. I did like it the last time a little bit. I ventured Ooh. outside the office. We, uh, Robbie, we got Robbie Fox on the show as well. Yeah, welcome Robbie Fox as well. Welcome, Robbie, Robbie Fox. I'm, um, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm happy to be back on the show. We're happy I'm to have you. Bro. On the name, of the, I, I found this park down in East Village that Central we went park? to. Um, <laughs> yeah, so big. it has a big arch, like the Arc de Triumph, Washington, Washington, Washington Square, Washington Square Park, oh, bro. I fucking liked it. It was cool. There was a bunch of different, there was like people doing yoga and they were playing uh, ping pong and basketball and shit. I was like, I there was legend. a dude on the guitar. Dope. I was like, I can't do what you're doing right now. I wish I could. It was, I liked it though. See, the more times you go to New York, man, the more shit you'll find like fucking Union Square and Washington Square and all these good parks and Irving Square, like Plaza and all these great things. I, I we, we got to go together, man. Oh, 100%, dude. Well, we already introduced Robbie. We'll come back to Robbie, but Kenny, how the fuck are you, buddy? Best I've ever been. I've never actually been better in my entire life. Thanks. I believe that. I believe yeah, that. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. every goddamn weekday. It's the best day of your life. But I literally the best day of my life. That's wow, good. What, what, did, what did you? Did yeah. You what did you do today? Five minutes ago. What happened? I fucking woke up. It was sunny outside. <laughs> I messed with some music. I recorded some cartoons, and now I'm hanging with my buddies on a podcast. What? What? What else am I supposed to want? Living the life. <laughs> Robbie's response was, did you get laid five minutes ago? <laughs> I've never seen someone so happy to just be in a, in the place that they were. Just happy to exist, man. Happy to be. I love that. I love yeah. it. Wow. God that's, damn. Uh, that's we good box today. We do some amazing Dave, things here. I'm going to make Dave into the happiest, kindest human being you've ever met <laughs> in your life. That's going to be my goal over this podcast. Step one, smoke weed, which Kenny's taking care of right now. It's almost Great like days from New York, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Uh, Robbie, thank you for coming back on the podcast, dude. It's been a little while. Uh, first off, how does it feel taking over the fucking fight game last weekend with large? <laughs> that was crazy. It was, I mean, it felt crazy to be back to like uh, being in an arena of or a stadium with 70,000 people all packed oh, in. Like it was legitimately like, you know, COVID never happened. Uh, the week itself was tough because we were locked down like covid was very much still a thing Mm -hmm. and at one point they pulled a shaved ice truck up like right outside the window of my hotel and i was like fuck yeah shaved ice love (laughs) me some shaved ice went right down and they wouldn't even let me out of the hotel to step two steps in front to get shaved ice so i was just thinking about that the whole week i was like you kidding me um tried whataburger for the first time loved it i thought that was legit like very much lived up to everybody's uh good road food i got the uh, the patty melt right where they have like the the toast with the burger oh that was legit the spicy i had it for the first time out in vegas it was fire yeah i went over new year's so like five months ago all right so here's a good tour thing you got to try the burgers in every place what did you think in and out or whataburger what a burger! In and out makes me times. feel sick every time I get it. Oh, Kenny, what do you got to say, bro? L.A. boy, you guys, you know, <laughs> he don't feel Kenny, so happy. Kenny anymore. has left the conversation. <laughs> yeah, Kenny oh, he turned to shit off. <laughs> he listen, ain't so happy to be here, bro. Listen, I I did when I was in L.A. right before quarantine. I ate uh, In and Out three times because it was right next to my Airbnb. It was good. 
every time I go to Texas, every time we're at South by or anything like that, Whataburger gets fucking Listen, destroyed. It's, it's okay to be wrong. It's all right. <laughs> oh, I think it's, I'm it's, not even it's, a food it's, guy it's either. Like you could tell, but like I don't eat a lot. And uh, <laughs> like Whataburger, I finished the whole meal, which is like rare for me. I think it's also because I equate Whataburger to like, 4.30 in the morning drives yeah. on tour where you're like, oh, look, a Whataburger, let's just eat. Oh, I fucking feel awful. I hate my life. Let's go home. <laughs> yeah, you don't feel good after it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, none of these options we're talking about are things that you're going to, like, just go on with your day. It's like eating Taco Bell breakfast. You fucking, you clear your schedule. Ew. That's ew. Oh, no, ew. Yeah. Taco Bell breakfast is so good. The Am Crunch wrap, oh, that might be the best <laughs> fast food item in the world. Hell Oof. yeah, Robbie, let's go. Oh, my God, I could down one of those right now. All right, so we've introduced everybody. Let's talk about our guest today. We have Dave's personal hero and role model, Chad Stokes from the band Dispatch on today for an amazing interview. Robbie, the last time you were on, I'm pretty sure was the episode that Dave said in his training, if he could model himself and become anybody, he wants to be Chad Stokes sitting around a fire. You fast forward a couple months and we got Chad Stokes on the motherfucking podcast to talk about it and actually help Dave become more like Chad. So that interview is amazing. Uh, also, for our pick of the week, we have Citywide. Friends of the band, great band out of Philadelphia, young band putting out new music, grinders, hard workers, fucking people that will just do it. They went up to upstate New York and recorded a new record by themselves during quarantine, and the new shit sounds great. So we have them on for our pick of the week. Gentlemen, let's jump into music news. You know the music industry is healing, and we're on our way back. Every goddamn show and festival ever announced within the last like 48 hours. We had Bottle Rock Napa come out with an outstanding lineup. Uh, we had Dead and Company uh, announce a tour. Yep. We had Fish announce a tour. We had Firefly Music Festival Rolling Loud, the Hella Mega Tour with Green Day and Weezer, which I can't, and Fall Out Boy too, right? Yeah, I'd Fall Out yep. Boy. Yeah. Fall Out Boy. I want to go to that. I can't lie. What a trio. Uh, and then Robbie, something after your own heart, Motley Crue and Poison now is a fucking stadium tour. Let's go. Music is yeah. back, boys. Oh, uh, man. I hope Mick Mars survives to that. Yo, Robbie <laughs> said this in the beginning of the show. He's like, it was weird uh, being in a stadium with 70,000 people. And I so with all the shows coming back and everything, Lala is supposedly coming back. We'll see. Uh, you know, that's a Chicago thing. We'll mm. see if that actually does happen because of our fucking asshole mayor. But... <laughs> Like, that's something I always avoided in the past because of the crowds and because it's such a shit show. I will never take that kind of thing for granted again. I want Hell all yeah. the crowds. I want all the people. Like, I, I can't get enough of it. Like, they just announced that there's 60% at the two baseball stadiums in town. That's and it. I used to kind of like the, like, midweek games when you could just walk everywhere, sit wherever you want. I don't, I don't want – I want packed houses every oh, single yeah. night. Like, I'll, I'll never, ever, ever take just crowds and, and loudness – and sirens and police blogs, like you know, the after morning police blot blotter. It's mm. the best thing ever. <laughs> um, like that kind of shit again. I, I Dave's miss just it. on the citizens app looking for crime. He's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, here's what I will say. I have not taken for granted the fact that I miss being in crowds because that's what I fucking live to do. Kenny, you've been through it as well. How badly do you want to fucking front flip into a crowd right now? <laughs> I I do have an itch for front flipping into a crowd because it's been a little, you know, a long time. I uh I feel what Dave is saying, but at the same time, I think one festival in with the unwashly masses of the general public, and I'd be like, fuck, I need an artist yeah. pass. Yeah. That said, 
Dude, the lineups are all time. They're not holding yeah. back on fucking anything. One of my favorite lineups is the new Riot Fest lineup, which is a little festival that's become quite it's big over the last now. few years. Right. Yeah. Fuck Lala because Lala never invited us and we never actually ended up playing it. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, so we got to play Riot Fest from the very beginning all the way to the top. And like, I'm looking at it right now and it's like, dude, Nine Inch Nails is fucking headlining. Run the Jewels, oh. Smashing Pumpkins, Pixies, Faith No More, Devo, Co like... What? Riot Fest has gotten fucking serious and it's rad and it's a really fucking good time. Uh, Robbie, looking at the list, who do you most want to see out of all those that we just we just set out? You know, I don't think I would be able to make it out to this show, like when it is, where it is. But if I could pick any one of those shows, any one of those tours to go see, it's the Napa Valley one. The Guns oh, N' Roses, Auto Foo Rock. Fighters. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. That is just like off the charts crazy. Foo Fighters are one of those bands that I've seen twice now. The first time I saw them was uh, 2012. Dave Grohl tells the story all the time of playing a show and then taking a helicopter over to SNL to play for Mick Jagger's band. Mm -hmm. I was at the show he played that night. And it was in Asbury Park on the beach. And it was just incredible. It was one of those shows that is like, you know, you remember for the rest of your life. That so I'm again best. at Madison Square Garden. And again, it was just like the Foo Fighters at MSG. You're never going to beat that. The struts open. So you get like Ooh, a great one-two punch, right? Yeah. And they're a band where I just need to see them again. After the whole pandemic, after everything, like that's the band. I don't care that I've seen them already. I'm like, I need to make it out to a Foo Fighters show in 2021 because the energy that they're going to bring to festivals is going to be just outrageous. I also saw the Black Crows announced a, a tour um, oh, that they were supposed to that. play last year. I had tickets to it, and it was one of those that it got canceled on me. So Black Crows, I'm super excited to see. They're going to play uh, Shake, Jimmy Shake Your Money Maker. He's not. No, they did like a tour together, but they're doing Shake Your Money Maker front to back their debut album which it's is one of my favorite like, albums of all that's like my childhood incredible album. incredible yeah. album. and it's the brothers are back together chris and yes. uh, uh both the robinsons are back together so robbie chris i forgot Steve, about that yeah almost yeah. the if american could, oasis when you talk about them if i could take like it back to the uh right now to the foo fighters thing love foo fighters always have love dave Grohl. could i use never seeing him again probably just because i'm overloaded <laughs> with dave Grohl. that said we opened for foo at stubs outdoors in austin Ooh, classic man. fucking place right and i'll never forget the level of respect i had for dave after he walked on stage and the first thing he said is What's up, everybody? We're the Foo Fighters. We're going to play some fucking hits. And then just start <laughs> up. And you're like, we're all like, that's so hardcore. That's so Exactly sad. what they're going to do. They've had we're the same set list hits. for 20 years. Yeah, and they'll throw in like, you know, whatever album they come out with. They're like, here's a couple new songs from the album and Big Me and Best of You and My Hero and there's Everlong. Been a, there's been a time hear. or two where a couple of those guys were side stage while we were playing and everybody's like, yo, you see that? Yo, you see that? <laughs> Yo, you see that? Stage left, stage left. No, Taylor's back there. Stage left. <laughs> Bro, listen, hey, I'm we, sure we'll get to it, but congratulations to uh, guest of the show, Chris Schiffler. Chris Schiffler. Yeah. Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. We're going to get right. into that. I did hit up Shiflet, right? And I, I I was such a fucking asshole on this, too. I hit him up, and I was like, yo, congrats, brother. You guys fucking deserve it. And he hit me back. He's like, thank you so much, dude. Like, it's fucking sick. And I was like, you want to come on the podcast and talk about it? Parlay <laughs> 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 it. And uh, he didn't hit me back. But congratulations to those those guys. Uh, looking at the lineup, I agree, Robbie. Bottle Rock is where I want to be. It's a fucking sick festival. A lot of these are, like, holdover um, uh, lineups from the festivals that got canceled. 
And God damn it, do I want to be on some of these motherfucking lineups. But like, <laughs> I'm so happy to be able to book shows and be back to having the possibility of being back out on the road. We have our first big one booked. Ken, did you have anything on the books yet? We talked about this last time. Hell you don't no. have anything yet? Hell no. Man, listen, I did for 15 years, I did nothing but just travel and travel and travel. And I'm still excited to potentially do it but it's just not my priority anymore putting out music letting it float out into the world and hanging out with my dogs is kind of my new vibe that said if i have a song that blows up to the point where i have to go to her oh darn what a, what a horrible situation you know? what a champagne life you live bro you're like ah, oh, if i have to go out and tour to the masses i guess Listen, I will. when you after you get your 15th year on the road you will feel the same way my, my brother you're talking like one of those guys in an action movie like the equalizer who's yeah. like i used to live that life don't drag me back into that's it, not brother. me that's not me anymore can't help you can't help you yeah until we get kenny back on the road he's gonna do a fucking Summer yeah, I would go play Bottle Rock any fucking day because I was going to say the thing about Bottle Rock, minus it being an epic, epic lineup, always good food, good catering, all that shit. There's no other festival with that weather, mm. with that NorCal Napa Valley, 68 degrees, not a cloud in the sky, weather perfect. Like, do you really want to go to Coachella at 114 degree heat or I'm like, good. or yeah, or, you know, Bonnaroo's the same way in the swamplands at 105? It's like, no, I, Napa. Sounds pretty tight. See, that's the one festival that we haven't done yet that I really want to do. Which one? I want to get Bonnaroo. I haven't done Bonnaroo yet. I want to do Bonnaroo so I've never seen big. that many fucked up pieces of trash in my life <laughs> than I did third day three. We played day three. So in festivals, if you play day one, everybody's still excited. You play two, people are really kind of getting into day three. There's just dead zombies on the ground. Yeah. You know what I mean? We, 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 we did a, a day three morning slot once. And I'm telling you straight up, because we had played two other sets that weekend. We got lucky. We booked a bunch of sets on this one weekend. And motherfuckers were looking at us like, please, shut the fuck up. I'm coming <laughs> down off a ton of molly. You need to just fucking stop. And, and our, you our, see those campsites and shit? Ew. Yeah. Like, motherfuckers were waking up literally just, like, looking like zombies. And I was like, hey, well, you guys want to fucking rage right now? <laughs> our I drummer, to... I was going to say, our drummer, Jimmy, literally was on the drum throne looking at me like sweat being just a slob just fucking sweat pouring off him he's like we gotta go faster i'm gonna fucking die <laughs> dude so it's also on the artist we also were pieces of shit as well so it's kind of that vibe in, in itself i'll never forget bonnaroo just because it was where i got to see robert plant and billy joel and by the way billy joel is heavy metal i've never seen anything more heavy metal than fucking <laughs> billy joel in my life and like you just some people understand that like some of his shit is so heavy. they have I some sure of those the they have some of those like we so at riot fest i'm looking at their lineup right now for this year and Ride Fest is a great festival in Chicago, by the way. I think mm. it's so much better than Lala. But I want to go just to see Newfound Glory and Ooh, say, it would you know, rage. I know really? one song of theirs. <laughs> it's from like 2001 when I was in middle school, and I would sing every you lyric. No more than you think, I bet. Yeah, I was gonna say my, they do my covers friends too. Over they got you, a couple. Right? Yeah, they got a couple cover albums too. It's not the same do as they? a four-piece though. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I got my first boner in a new. They were better as a five piece. I but... mean, anything that was on the American Pie soundtrack, I'm, I'm a okay with. Hey, Max, my singer was on that soundtrack. <laughs> hey, shouts out Eve Six. Let's fucking go. Eve Six ninety eight, bro. <laughs> All right. So, other than the shows, another sign that the music industry is healing and we're getting back to normal is major label artists are now fucking releasing music in the masses. Uh, a couple big releases last week. Jay, Jermaine Cole, Cole came out, fucking stunned on everyone. Shit was outstanding. I could go on for hours about that. Shout out to Cameron for the intro. Shout out to 21 Savage, little baby. Let's move on. Uh, Green Day came out, I guess, with in promotion with the new with the new tour coming out. They dropped a song called Pollyanna. 
classic Green Day shit. Sounds great. Big fan. Uh, Katy Perry came out with a song. Migos. Uh, Olivia Rodrigo, who is like a new artist who's just fucking taken over the pop world. She just did Saturday Night Live and did a great job as well. So shout out to her. Uh, a couple more uh, alternative acts. St. Vincent dropped a new album. Cautious Clay. And then my personal favorite of the week, Black Keys dropped a... Yep a blues cover album called Delta Cream that they recorded on tour like two years ago. And this shit is fucking sick, dude. It's crazy that the Black Keys invented the blues and nobody knows that. They did, dude. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, if you look at all the old pictures from back in the day, it's just Dan Auerbach. Though, have we ever seen mm. a worse drummer? Than Patrick than, Carney? Yeah. No. Yeah. Not sure. Like, he's... Like, I mean, white he actually, stripes, he, come on. Uh, we True, but then when we played, we played Coachella, and Black Keys were headlining that night, and it was it was kind of rough. Dan ripping, Dan oh. producing a Cage the Elephant's record, ripping Great. all this shit, ripping. Patrick's drumming, it's a little not. Good. He's not a drummer though. No, I know. Drummer. So don't draw. They should get a drummer. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? I'm get not a, a doctor. I don't practice doctoring. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this, yo. I, I like the album, and I, I appreciate Patrick Carney for what he is. I don't expect him to go out there and fucking be John Bonham, so I, I take it for what it is. There are some bands, like, there's a band that I've always pointed out that their drummer has the easiest goddamn job of all time, and it's the Strokes. Fom has the easiest fucking job of all time. He plays a pocket, and that's it. In and out. So there are bands that have shitty drummers, or, or just drummers who don't have to do that much. Lars Ulrich, one of the worst drummers on earth, but <laughs> his inability to play drums made him create drum parts that nobody else would play. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That makes yeah. sense. So that's it's the so... same thing with Meg White. Like yep. Meg, like you look at some of those. Taylor Hawkins has talked about it, and he's like, I sometimes struggle to play those songs because I'm like, why would you think to play like that? <laughs> Taylor Hawkins and Alanis Morissette, one of the greatest yeah. drummings of kind of oh possible. My God, yeah. Who would have ever fucking thought that, that was where they would have got Taylor Hawkins from touring with Alanis Morissette? Really? You didn't oh, know yeah. that? I did not know that. Yeah, Bro, Alanis was so punk rock in the early 90s. So you ought to know is Dave Navarro and Flea playing on that studio track. Yeah. I didn't uh -huh. know that. Yeah. Alanis Come Morris on. said, I'm, I'm such a huge Dude, fan she's of Alanis. Such a, she's Alanis, such you a better she. tour. Oh, she was. I mean, you ought to know is like maybe the song of the 90s. Yeah. She's one of the first chicks talking about them. sucking dick in theater. She did a video naked. She pretended to forget the word. Like she was so alternative. Yeah, she's a badass dude. She's a fuck. She's a trendsetter. She's someone yeah. who just did it. Yeah. Also, if you ever like look into her history, her label, her label in Canada wanted her to be like a bubblegum pop artist, and yep. she literally was like, "Nah, I'm not doing that shit." And they were gonna drop her. And Jagged she, little pill, man. Jagged little pill just fucked the world up. Yeah, also, I, I just wanted if you guys. Kevin Smith movies talking about dogma. She was God. I want to point God. Out. Yeah. Fucking God. So she outside Alanis Morris said, God, I'm glad we got into that shit. Love Alanis, bro. Jagged I, Little Pill is one of my favorite albums. Truly. It's, I it's see awesome. The, album. I want to see the, uh, the theater performance. They do like the, uh, yeah, they made that at a Broadway right. show. I would see the shit out of that. God Some of the damn. recordings are really cool from it. There's a version of, uh, not the doctor from the original Broadway cast that mm. is sick on that. Like really rocking. Fuck yeah, let's go. Dude, Robbie dropping the knowledge today. I fucking love <laughs> Robbie. full here, of fucking knowledge. He is, dude. It's fucking Bro, we should just talk music all day. Shit, I don't know about that. Podcast ever. <laughs> I'd have no problem doing that. It is, it is funny, though, because I, I look at all these things, and, and it does point out to me that this whole fucking business is a game because literally all these motherfuckers have been sitting on this shit for years. And because they couldn't go out and tour, everybody just held their shit back. And the week that they 100%. start to... And it's all week, coming out. I had this conversation uh, with Aaron from AWOL before that last record came out, Angel Miners. 
And he was like, yeah, I'm kind of going back and forth between, am I going to put it out because it's quarantine and like people are digesting stuff super quickly or do I not put it out and wait and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, if people need art and music more than any time ever, it's yep. right now. And, after, and so I was like, you know what? My man, that's, that's dope. I mean, Kenny, you've been dropping music. I've been dropping music. I, I was 100% of the belief, like, fuck waiting. I also don't have some fucking overlords looking down on me saying, my shit's not that good. Why yeah. you know what I mean? Like, fuck, who cares? Well, my problem is you can always make more. We're not, yeah. we're not this isn't some like, like fucking grand masterpiece I'm painting on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. I right. can make more rock and roll songs. See, it's and that okay. is entirely my vibe and my new solo project. Everything about it is what, don't take yourself so fucking seriously. You're not that good. Just yeah. chill, like just make some music and put it the fuck out, you fucking losers. God damn. Yeah, that's it. my biggest thing. It's it, people take this shit way too fucking seriously. Like either way, when you like, I think it's gonna backfire in a certain perspective because all these motherfuckers are just piling on top of each other. I didn't even listen to that Migos song because I was so on the J Cole thing. The, their fucking labels probably Honestly, pissed off. At I feel the worst for all the bands that were about to break mm. right before quarantine because. Mm. Once you start that moment, it's one thing to bring back Foo Fighters, mm. Tame Impala, all these bands, right? No problem. But like all those bands that were about to break that like now the mm -hmm. biggest single they had ever written is gone. Yeah. Right. Mainly because yeah. of quarantine, the way people were digesting things and they have to meet that bar again before they can even start yeah. to run again. Well, you don't just get to come back and start playing these festivals again. Well, that was that was to me part of my point. And like when we first started this podcast was talking about the frustration from our angle that we had just started getting our major festival spots. We had just started getting our big tour shit. We had so much shit booked out with bands that I love. And I was like, holy shit, like this is it. We're doing it like and we're doing it independently. This is nuts. Quarantine. All that shit is gone. But I will say, though, with the connections that we made through the podcast and what we always say pivot, but we pivoted and tried different things, I think we're going to come out on the better end. But if you sat around and waited and you felt sorry for yourself. Right. That was always fucked. that was always the thing, man. Watching people be able to pivot was the most inspiring thing about this last year was watching people like turning virtual concerts and, mm. and streaming. And like my friend Maddie, she's like. I'm going to make an EP in one week. And I'm going to twitch the whole thing start to finish. And you're like, that's fucking tight. Like what quarantine did do was gave a lot of people the opportunity that weren't a part of that major label system to step in where all these motherfuckers pussied out and went away and said, look, we're going to try something different. If this works, it works. Who knows where we come out of this? But all I will say is that like looking at it, I relish the fact that we got fucked because honestly it led us to better shit so who knows man robbie you got fucked too pop punk was ready to take over the goddamn <laughs> world bro ah, we didn't get fucked like foxtrot you guys are serious <laughs> about this we're a garage band no listen i will not take any fucking from the beginning it was no fucking sympathy we were gonna figure this shit out and we used it to our advantage now i'm sitting here talking to you assholes so who the fuck knows? <laughs> if anybody got fucked it was yeah, it, it gave us this fun conversation out of it so i'm How grateful for that fucked? I don't know, man. I was just trying to Anybody put you back in the conversation. Get here is kind of me. Um, yeah, no, but I mean, like you said, the like shit or get off the pot, and the, how this is all gonna end. Like the the people in the in the bands and the artists that work hard, they're gonna they're gonna be the one that, like the cream will rise to the top. You know, is that the same? Yeah, it is. It's artists like that. that have like entirely and I, and I can't too stand lazy people at all in any walk of life. And it, it just drives me fucking crazy when I see that. And I think it'll be a good, like this, like Colin said, it'll be a good way for those people to get weeded out. Cause fuck them. Yeah. You know, I can't lie. I 100%. saw a lot of self-righteous fucking sad 
musicians during quarantine. And it was like, you're really going to sit there and complain when the rest of the world is also dealing with the same shit you're dealing with. The the playing field got evened here a little bit. If I've, I've got to be completely oh, yeah, honest. Definitely. So, it definitely did. Not completely. Not completely. Cause there was obviously people who had other resources that yeah. other people didn't, but I will say, if you ever had a moment where you wanted to fucking step out, that was the time. So if you missed the boat, you missed the boat. Let me ask you this. Good. Do you know of any other industry that exists that was at 0% operation during this whole quarantine other than live music? No. And Mm. nobody fucking talks about it, dude. It's because I was at a wedding this last weekend and we were all talking about, you know, there's like, how's the music going and all this different shit. Like, well, it's still kind of all shut down. It's just come They're Like it's still shut down. It's like, yeah, dude, nobody talks about it. Restaurants, they had delivery, 25%, outdoor seating, whatever the fuck it is. It's like they made these exceptions and rules for everybody else, but nobody talks about it. We've talked about this on the podcast before, though, and it was the fact that the government and also regular people don't view this as a real thing. Right, They're exactly. like, oh, you're just, you know, you're doing, you're doing the, the recreational fucking activity for citizens. You know? yeah. It's really bad in the UK too. I saw mm. a lot of like, you know, English bands that are on the come up, like you guys talked about, just about to break, and they started tweeting about it because the laws about, you know, getting in recording oh. studios and stuff like that, the recreational phrasing they use, it was tough on a lot of people. Yeah, England fucked their people, and especially with the whole Brexit situation too, because over in England now, they've separated from the EU, and this is just on a side note. This doesn't have to do with quarantine, but. Their new rules state that if you're an English band and you want to tour in other countries, you have to get different passports for each country. So they were going to make a a specific set of passports for touring musicians so they could easily go throughout the European Union. And England nicks that. So now each you have to spend all this money just to get your clearance. Just making it harder on everyone. Just putting it's doors already in hard front to of these people for no with. reason. For no reason. That's like, a just thing. to get a little more money control. out of the people it's that control. don't really have money. Control is exactly it. Yeah, you're literally talking to a class of people. That, here's another question. In what other industry do you work your entire adult life to create a dream that has absolutely no guarantee or chance of happening? But you have to. You work in a de- deficit for your entire adult life until you make it, right? I, I I brought this up to my mom one time, and she was like, "I don't know. Doctors have to go to school for a long time." I was like, "Yeah, but you come out of school and you make fucking you know one fifty a year guaranteed." It's never been an easy thing on any of us. But what I will say is that coming out of this, I really hope that people are smarter about the way that they do things. Because if there was once again ever a time yeah. to change your mindset, if there was ever a time to find new ways to make money, and if there was ever a new uh, time to create something your own, it was now. And if you missed the boat, I'm fucking I th- sorry. I think one of the most exciting parts about what's coming up is the pivots and changes that everybody has made in the music industry. What does that mean long term? What does that mean for the new normal? Now, yeah. now who's important? Now what's the priority? Now who gets the final say? Because it's different. Because now it's internet content and self streams mm. and all this different shit. So like, I'm interested to see what the next year brings with you know all that kind of stuff. We're gonna find out. Uh, let's go into on the list, off the list. I'm gonna start out. We'll go Dave, Robbie, and then Kenny. Uh, my on the list is Adam Sandler. I don't know if any of you guys saw this today. Bro, that's my on the list. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> All right. So that me and Kenny, trashy motherfucker. I love him. He's the best. I love dude. that guy. He's the I best. love him. For the uninitiated, uh, Adam Sandler was spotted at a basketball court on Long Island today, balling in a fucking pink polo, <laughs> just absolutely putting up jumpers Jimmy giant fucking he's gym a- shorts and shit and he's always yeah, being found out on basketball ankles. court here's the thing i did Le- letterman i think it was when he was the guest on there he was wearing the same fucking outfit like looks he's just like that man, doesn't give a fuck fuck you like that's- he's the only <laughs> human being still wearing and one basketball shorts that go down to his fucking ankles yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah he is the man dude adam sandler 
on Dude, my motherfucking. He was super has nice. He's super nice in person, which is great. He's and like world that. world famous for being just a good dude. Like yeah. he'll talk to anybody on earth. Has he ever come through Barcel, Robbie? I don't think so. It uh, kind of surprises me. He was on part of like... my take. He was on part of my take with Kevin Garnett. Oh yeah, he, yeah. They pitched they him. Promoted. They pitched him oh, boner dogs. Okay. Uh, yeah. What's it called? Uh, uncut gems. Promoting yeah. uncut gems. Yeah. 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 That, but is there, um, is there a human being? Is there a human being that's more likable than Adam Sandler? I don't think there is. Paul Rudd. I was going to say the Paul Rudd probably. The, the Rock's yeah. up there. The Rock's, the Rock's is, Rock a lot. The Rock's intimidating, though. The Rock, the Rock Did anybody true. see Shaq uh, this last weekend was out at uh, somewhere where the Jonas Brothers were walking oh, by or something like that? Attention. And he's trying to get their attention. He's in like a hoodie and stuff. And everybody's like, man, Shaq's turned up everywhere he goes. Man, can, Dude, can how, have... I would love to be 7'2", because that's how tall he is, right? 7'2". Yeah. At the same time. Can't really keep a low profile when you're seven. No, true, no. True. I got a weird spot in my heart because I'm from Orlando, right? So what he when he came to the magic, yeah, and yeah. That was all, that's like a whole thing for me now. But the thing is, too, though, I, I have a theory. I think Shaq has a I, I, I've seen this on the Internet, but Shaq has to have like terrible gambling debts or something that is draining his money because this motherfucker works like he's <laughs> homeless. He's in every motherfucking commercial. I think he's he likes guy, the yeah. attention, man. No, it's definitely that. He definitely has he came money. To, he came to AEW and did a match, like a wrestling I match, and that. took a crazy bump that he <laughs> did not need to take. Like you're Shaq. You could come in, hit a you know quick spot suplex and pin the guy Could he you took imagine? a spot where he came off the ring and went through two tables to the outside He's and cool, i was man. actually there i happened to be there that night backstage <laughs> and when he walked past me i just looked up at him and it was like you know sitting front row at a fucking movie theater yeah, yeah. Like, your neck hurts <laughs> god bless him and as god he came back i just gave him a, I, I said good shit and he looked at me like i know <laughs> hey uh hey uh before there was Shaq and kobe there was Shaq and penny just gotta throw that out don't there. forget that don't, don't forget that. forget don't forget, Dave. Who is on your list? So, I wish it was as good as Adam Sandler because that was a good podcast. No, mine's not beating Sandler either. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys can see this or not. It's my air conditioning. Can you see what it's at right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. What is what, it at? What does that say? I don't know. Seventy. Is that sixty? Is that sixty flat? Sixty flat. You could hang Jeez. fucking meat in my apartment right now. It's only like sixty-six degrees outside. I know this isn't very conch. Uh, uh, eco-friendly uh, like eco-friendly but i don't give a shit air conditioning <laughs> is the shit and that is a fact i walk into a, like i saw doug's tweet this yesterday like i walk into a hotel room i just start doing this to the fucking yeah. thermostat same, like go same. down farther 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 yeah. i love air conditioning i don't care if i'm like Dave's out here killing all the penguins in the world, just fucking yeah. flying free on out here. Don't care. I, I'll never, I won't see, I will never meet those penguins. I all back it, bro. I, ba I back it. cold apart. Bro, I like penguins. I like seeing them at the zoo. I know. They are, I, actually, I, don't, I don't appreciate Do you guys, that. do you guys know what? Good. Penguins Dave. suck. Penguins rape other penguins. <laughs> you want to uh, know they, about penguins? Let me tell you. you. They Yes. They pin down the females in their like tribe or clan or whatever, and they fucking rape them. Uh, you can't say all penguins of, are rapists. They, they say they're <laughs> don't um, lump them all together. Monogamous or whatever, like one wife or like that's not true. And they they, they like, put the egg in their thing and they yeah the guys travel have like egg. miles. You guys ever listen to Hannibal Burris's stand up? No, yeah, I know song. who he is. But so he enough has, of it. Yeah, he has he has a thing where he asks a question and I want the answer for this. Would you guys eat a penguin meat sandwich? Yes, without thinking it, twice. 
Fuck yes, absolutely. I wouldn't like to. If it was a normal thing, like a fucking burger, sure, but to. like a one-off random, like here's just a penguin sandwich. You go, you go if to someone a offered it to me, if someone yeah. if someone comes up to me right now and says, you want to eat this penguin sandwich? I would say no, because I would suspect that it's illegal <laughs> and it would be like, I how'd you kill that penguin? Bro. Where'd you get, yeah, exactly. you get this fucking penguin from? Yeah, where did you get this penguin from? <laughs> Hannibal Berry says, yeah, I would pay $2,500 for an Antarctic excursion where I get to fucking put a, put a 50 hit combo on a penguin and then eat it. <laughs> I would, dude. I would fucking do it just for you. I like penguins. Dude, are really fatty, so it's up. probably really juicy, good meat. All right, me and Dave will go get the penguin meat sandwich. You guys can fuck off. So. I had uh, uh, I was in the Florida Keys one year, and I had uh, octopus testicles. I guess there's an actual name for it. I told this story on radio, rest in peace, before it got canceled. And uh, not canceled, before we didn't come to an agreement. I shouldn't say it like that. But um I ate octopus testicles deep fried when I was in the Keys when I was like 16, but I was tricked into eating them. Otherwise, I don't know if I would have, but they're Taste? delicious. I'm what like, did they what taste are these? like? Yeah. We eat a lot of crazy shit down in Florida, man. Like Bad. little, it was deep fried. It was like a. Like calamari? Not, no, not like cal, because they're little balls. It's like little, like little cheese curds, little kinda. fried scallops. Yeah. Little yeah. Hong Kong fritters. And I was <laughs> eating the shit out of them. My dad's like, you know what those are? After I had like a pound of them, I'm like, what? He's like, octopus testicles. I'm like, oh, well, order another round. Another <laughs> well, round young boys. Jokes who's, on you, Pops. Yeah, who's the sick fuck who went in and was like, you know, we're going to fry today? Mom, I know. The first person that. that tries that, like, what are you doing, man? It's Some like the native, first person to drink milk, bro. Yeah, it's it's right? the first person yeah. to drink milk. We're the only species on Earth that drinks milk from another animal. That's yeah. kind of a weird fact. Weird. I've oh, been on record. I, if Paul McCartney ever wants to do an interview with me, if he ever agrees to it, I'll go vegetarian for the rest of my life. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. Right. Oh, yeah. Wait, Paul, who's that? I'm, I'm right here. Paul Sir Paul. Paul? He's, he, he, yeah, he's a big vegetarian. And when he works events, like my my brother, my dad, stagehands, you know, Nobody's allowed to eat meat in the venue. It's no not shit. not allowed, but they're like, like, "Hey, that. Sir Paul's here. He's a beetle. It would be very nice if you would not." I like bring that any kind meat. of. If you're if you're a here. star, if yeah. you're a star like that, fucking flex. Bro, if you're I a respect beetle, that kind yeah, of power. come on. Yeah, yeah, Dude, yeah, 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 yeah. I've been around some big stars before, and every time they had fucking like full on like suckling pig, like fucking flaming on. <laughs> like, so that's where I want to go. But Robbie, who's on your list? <laughs> on my list, you actually mentioned her before, and this was going to be a weird one for me because. I don't really believe in guilty pleasures, right? I just talked about how Jagged Little Pill is one of my favorite albums. People be like, what the fuck, Alanis Morissette? But <laughs> they're my, idiots if they say that. On the list for me is Olivia Rodrigo. I oh. watched her SNL performance and I was really kind of blown away that. Um, so, driver's license, we all know it's, you know, it's I don't like to use the term overplayed because it's not her fault that it's been overplayed, but I've heard it a trillion times. If I right. go the rest of my life out hearing it, I'm fine. It's a great song, though. Great pop song, especially. Great pop song. The, the new song. Good for you. Awesome. It has almost like Taylor Swift, uh, but pop punky vibes. Yep. The production on it's great. Her vocals on it are great. I love how when she sings, she has like characteristics and she lets her emotion show in her vocals. I was really impressed by Olivia Rodrigo. Her um, guitar player on SNL was playing the St. Vincent Ernie Ball guitar mm -hmm. too, which I just think is a badass guitar. So I was down for all that. Olivia Rodrigo, she's on my list. Fuck yeah, Robbie. Way to keep it concise. A lot of good I, stuff in there, man. I agree with that 100%. Robbie's got a good brain, dude. Robbie has a really good brain. Uh, Kenny, who the fuck is... Oh, we already went who's on your list. Was Adam's dude, fucking... Well, although, <laughs> are you here? Real quick, because I was going to do a sidebar, I'll change mine to St. Vincent, dude, Like you were just mm -hmm. talking about. Her. Annie is the dopest. I've got to see her play a bunch of times. 
She's one of the most ripping guitar players yeah, with the heaviest, sickest tones you've ever fucking heard. Playing Dan Electros, playing the, all the rad shit, wearing leather fucking suits and heels and like doing weird robot fucking dance. Like, yeah, she's so dope. And then her new shit, she just looks like a fucking trashy, 70 dope, sexy fucking. Listen, Detective I don't want to spoil it. Like the song that I'm about to bring up is from that album. Though. I'm a oh, huge so Saint Vincent fan. So huge Saint Vincent fan. Anyone who can rip a solo like that in fucking spandex and heels, <laughs> so and the Dan Electro, so more more power. And to then it. get so the call to go fill in for Nirvana tribute shows and go be Kurt Cobain, and she has like Dude, the guts to be apologies. like, okay. Yeah. The yeah. thing about the last thing about Saint, everything she does is good. Yeah. Nothing's yeah. been bad from the music to the art to the press to the presentation. Like everything she does is on point and got him yeah, i love that we're all on the same page about her she always has a look to her where she's just like this she's middle finger to everybody 100%. she's looking at she's got a, she's, she's got a rock everybody because she's yeah. Yeah. better than everybody she's got the globo gym thing dude she's better than you and she knows it uh <laughs> off my list uh, i went with the joe budden podcast drama i just want to say this for everybody who's been following rory and maul have been fired from the joe budden podcast which bums me out because i fucking love the joe budden podcast i got into that pretty heavily a couple years ago I hate when I see money get in the way of things. And obviously whatever the fuck is going on with them is all contractual and it's bullshit. But watching both sides basically saying the other side is lying and then Joe Budden backtracking. I hate watching good art and good content get ruined by bullshit like that, especially when so much of their brand has been built off of ownership and fucking artist rights and all this shit. And it comes out that the reason that they're breaking up is because of shady business dealings and all this shit. At the end of the day, I can't wait to fuck Ken and and and. Kenny and fucking Dave. <laughs> At some point, it's gonna happen, and I can't, I can't wait. wait. Yeah, I know no. it's coming. So it's I want to isolate that. Can't It'll wait be fun. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, I'm gonna let you know ahead of time. But no, I will never do that. But uh, shout out to first. Yeah, I'll, I've already kissed Kenny. I've already been <laughs> in the studio. Uh, but no, shouts out to Rory and Maul. I hope you're going to do great things. Joe Budden, you're gonna wind up with DJ Academics. Just admit it and go make the shittiest quality shit ever. So, Dave, who the fuck is off your list? Off my list is, I, dude, you guys always have good ones, man. Like, good music <laughs> ones. Because I just try to think of, like, the outside-the-box shit. Um, off the guest list for me is making That's why salads yourself. Yeah, uh, have you guys ew. ever tried to make a salad yourself? I would yeah. never, it's ever it, do that. It's ever. fucking ever. impossible. It's <laughs> impossible. But I eat a salad from, like, Sweet Green or, like, all these, like, little hipster Super salad places. They're Super fucking dang. incredible. Yeah. I try to do, like, the exact same ingredients, exact same presentation, exact same, same everything. And it comes out like fucking shit. And I'm like, fuck this. Done eating healthy. I am sorry today because it's Monday. So I am absolute white trash when it comes to salad. Salad is just a conduit for dressing to me. It's fucking <laughs> I like I like iceberg lettuce and it's just covered in like cheese and fucking meat. <laughs> yeah. like, Bro, my lady's my lady's the type of salad maker where she makes all of her own dressings, homemade Caesar Ooh, salad dressing, homemade green there. goddess. Like they go fucking deep farmers market fucking onions and shit. Damn. Like yeah. I don't I don't I don't make it, but I eat it. It's good. Shout out to Miss Kenny, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. My wife is Kenny. See, my wife is a big Big, like artisanal salad person like she likes like strawberries in her salad or fucking like blueberries and shit nah just give me like That's fucking right. ranch dressing cheese meat olives and fucking iceberg lettuce we made a tri-tip salad last night fucking Ooh. on the grill tri-tip dude that's the you add meat to anything it's fucking great oh, oh yeah 100 yeah. all sure. right sorry there you paul. go paul mccartney's yes. listening yeah <laughs> sorry paul yeah if paul mccartney <laughs> yo what if we just got a dm long time paul listener yeah and he's like, I heard what you said about the penguins. Oh, yo. I love the show. <laughs> Paul McCartney's like, the Dude, only if an animal's not like suffering before he enters my palate, like I don't want to eat that cow or pig. It doesn't taste <laughs> as good. No, I want that. I don't sign off on being that. Slaughtered it's the fear to that yes. tenderizes the meat. Oh, yes, I get it. Absolutely. Yeah. I get yeah. it. I get it. 
Dave wants to actually be the one who slits the animals. He wants to club the baby (laughs) penguin. He wants to look it in its eyes and see the life leave. Yes, exactly. Like (laughs) we should go and like fuck going to Nashville and all. We should go like clubbing seals. Instead of like Ozzy biting the head off a bat, they're like, that guy fucking killed a penguin with his bare hands. (laughs) (laughs) Is it fucked up if somebody does the whole like, thank you, animal, for feeding me and my tribe and this, this, and that, and then uses a bat? to beat them over the head does it still count when they're like thank you so much for feeding my now i'm just gonna fucking club you no it don't count right right see what a weird detour that would be for like the video series like we're in nashville or something we're like first we're gonna go down to broadway next we're gonna go interview this huge country star third we're gonna go eviscerate a couple cattle and then dave's gonna eat them raw like all baseball bat a pigeon all day No problem, you, seagulls. I've tried doing that. No problem. This Actually, is content, right. baby. Content, content. If content it's for content, then you can't. You is can... going to hate this episode. That's oh my fine. god! Bring it on. <laughs> yeah. Come fucking see me, dude. I they're gonna, they're gonna like throw blood on you guys the next time you play a festival. Okay, throw some fucking blood on me. Dude. I'll go on stage true. like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine if I went on stage? Cover- well, we David Shaw. Yeah, David Shaw told us about the story. He fucking went on stage and slit his forehead open. The whole crowd was like. Yeah, let's go. Colin Budney walks on stage completely covered in blood from PETA, and I'm fucking stunting on everybody. Let's hey, go. Hey, dude, you know, that's a story, too. That's how you go viral, yeah. man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Any press is good press. I say it yep. every episode. True. Yeah, that's why we were talking about penguins raping each other. Uh, Robbie, who's off your list? So I feel like, Dave, again, like, I feel like you guys had such good, like, off-the-list music-related ones. I was thinking for a long time today, like, off-the-list. I texted my girlfriend. was like, have, have I been annoyed with anyone this week? Like, I just can't <laughs> yeah. think of any. And she was like, not really. I don't know. So my off-the-list is going to be, I don't even want to say a particular person. I know the person who r- ran it. I don't even want to name them. Just whoever made the executive decision to shut down Vans Warp Tour. Because this summer, I could really fucking go for a Vans Warp Tour. I was thinking it the other day. I was driving for the first time in a while. Went back to Jersey. Got a car again. So I was just driving, listening to music, listening to pop punk. I was like, man, it would be awesome for the sun to set. Me to wake up tomorrow morning and wake up and be like, I'm going to Vans Warp Tour. I'm going to get in the dirtiest, grossest porta potty of all time and have to go to the bathroom like four times a day. Fill up your water bottles and hoses. Like yeah, meet people yeah, that yeah. you're going to talk to all day and then forget about forever. I, just whoever made that decision. I know we got some. Yeah, yeah we, exactly. The big and you don't know, you know, if you're going to see, you're like, all right, there's going to be four bands I want to see today. And you might get there and they're all playing at the same time. You're like, mm-hmm. all right, guys, I'm going to have to make a choice today. Man, but yeah, the, yeah. the merch tans, becoming friends with like your favorite bands, uh, merch guy, like mm. all of that. I loved everything about the Warp Tour experience. I know we got a uh, sad summer fest. That's kind of like I saw the, what's kind of, you know, floated out of the ashes. It's all time low headliner. The mains on it, uh, grayscale. So you got some My boys old school pop punk bands. You got some new ones. Um, so sad summer. Check that out if you're a pop punk fan craving that warp tour energy. But you know, Vans Warp Tour, that's gotta come back someday. Some kid that's my age has got to be like, Hey, I grew up with this, and there just can't be a world without it. Oh, dude, I know that feeling, man. They there's okay. a couple of good college parties, one at Madison and one at Illinois, and they're just never gonna be the same. And but the, they, they'll have them, but they'll be like completely different after all this shit. And I'll be like, dude, you guys didn't see the actual ones. <laughs> like the <laughs> Afflin right, Mifflin yeah. Street block party went. That's where I that's where I saw OAR. Oh, OAR, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. That was Halloween, but it's the same thing in the spring for them. But uh, it's just it's just not going to be the same. Bro, I feel super it- lucky that I got to play the final Warp Tour. Oh, did you? Oh, hell yeah, you were so on it. I got to play 
when I was like 16, because we won my local band in Orlando, won the Ernie Ball Guitar Center local thing. And we got to play like Orlando, Tampa and Jacksonville on the on the truck that like opens up into a fucking yeah. stage. Right. That was <laughs> us. So I went from that 20 years later, I got to close the K-Rock stage, headline the K-Rock stage with fitness. Sick at the last warp tours that was kind of tight so that, oh, yeah, yeah that's fucking and awesome even, i mean having tour. the story of playing on the truck too like everyone that's ever that was like bro i got truck, to watch yeah. fucking rancid and refuse and no i saw chunk no captain wagon. chunk play on that uh, on that truck yeah. oh. awesome. yeah, the warp tour was a special thing for a lot of us in those late 90s early 2000s man for kenny sure. yeah. how funny which is really is it, funny what how funny is it listening to robbie talk about all the things he wanted to do at warped he's like i want to go use the porta potty fill up my water bottle and me and kenny are both like Nah, I'm you good. Take, you take all the worst parts. No, yeah, but, but you see, take, you and I it, it live, live sweaty. At, you're you're chafing. You and I and... live at places like Warp Tour yeah. for, for eight weeks. Yeah. So it's fucking porta potty next day, porta potty next day, yep. porta potty next day, catering next day. Porta, it's fucking. But it's also like we have catering and then we have fucking like showers and shit. Or if you're lucky, you get showers. But at the same 100%. time, it's like we talked about the artist pass. Once you have the artist pass, you can never go back to doing regular shit. <laughs> so now I feel bad about my off the list a little Good. bit. You're like office, fucking warp tour. I hate warp. it. <laughs> to, to, it's some some degree of separation. My off the list, emo adults. Ooh, and I say that because fuck. I I right. So, so this I, yeah. Hey Robbie, it's nice to meet you. Um, <laughs> no, so a lot of like I'm like some of my best friends are an all time low, and like I worked with Sleeping with Sirens and a bunch of other like bands like that. Dwayne Jackson. So like and, and I came from the rancid lagwagon descendants, that whole kind kind of world. But as a professional songwriter for the last 10 years of my life, I've got had the opportunity to work with some of these bands. Um, and there'll be 33 with a wife and three kids singing about how their girlfriend broke his heart in the Toyota Camry <laughs> behind the fucking gym or, or so on and so forth. And I'm like, and I know these people and I'm like, you're, you're fucking better than that, dude. You're better than that. You could be so much more than that. And when I just see like, 37 year old fucking like e emo adults sometimes i'm like bro it's not cute to be emo when you're like 37 with kids like we gotta grow up and fucking i mean fuck man but so, okay so i also i do give it a fair shot i'm always listening for new music i'll see a new record come out like the new architects record dope love it mm, yeah. i'm into some of it right but like a lot of times you're like oh i like this person they're a close friend let me hear their music and you're like fuck man like <laughs> it's just kind of, a, kind of a bummer but then like you know you get to work with bands like anti-flag and or the opposite shit but yeah yeah anyway. but yo you're what you're talking about is 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 we how many fucking times we use this word on this podcast but authenticity at a certain point you right. need to acknowledge and be like hey my life is pretty fucking sweet now like it would yep. be nice uh, to hear a little bit of growth and be like, right, well 100 it's like if they're making the same my biggest gripe i guess is that they're making the same songs they were making when they were 16 mm. and i know that a lot of people are like oh this band changed or this fucking thing what it's called fucking getting older right or like yeah band like uh, that's uh, that's one of my biggest pet peeves in music when when people say oh you change it's like the no best shit. bands are the ones that reinvent themselves. We just talked about St. Vincent. How many like, times oh has Thrice invented themselves too? And they were just on the, on the riot test. Uh, it's like all of my favorite bands reinvented themselves. All of them. Where it's yeah. like people don't like it in the moment and then they love it later. It's like you could love it in the moment see, too. I Paramore is one of my favorite I bands ever. Paramore their, definitely. Their new wave album was she fucking, fucking awesome. Her solo record was so, yes. so tight. Pedal Both solo. Both I think a lot of my frustration comes from I work a lot in the alternative radio world and a lot of these bands, these email bands want to get into the alternative radio world and they refuse to do anything different. Mm. This is the clicky kick drum that we use. 
with the double <laughs> yeah. bass in so this lame, and dude. these chords and these things in this chorus where you're like bro give me one fucking note for eight bar you can't do that why the fuck not like they're just they're so hard to get some of them out of that fucking world a little bit so that's but my bro, you, you were talking about other bands that reinvent themselves one of the biggest bands the last couple of years especially spotify playlisting and shit like that bring me the horizon yeah, completely totally. changed what they did and became a little bit poppier they weren't as much screaming as they were, they were doing before you watch people reinvent themselves and be successful but it they, bothers they were, the yeah it bothers people they were one of those bands who would do choreographed headbanging Blow my yeah. fucking brains out, right? <laughs> but now they're actually making good music. And shout out to Zach Servini, my boy who mixes all their shit. Yeah. Like, dude, he's he's incredible. He's one of the best I, producers I in the game to, right now. I got to work with Zach when he was working at John Feldman's studio, working 21 hours a day for no dollars, like doing everything. And he's just a young kid. And then to watch him come up and do everything that he's doing, it's my dude. I love Zach to death. I can't lie. I've worked with Kenny before, and I know that Kenny prides himself on like trying to push you out of your comfort zone. He doesn't yeah. want you to make the same bullshit all the time, right? Well, if if you if you're, why are you here? Why yes, are you exactly. If you want to make the same shit, go make the same shit. But if you're here for a reason, you're here because whatever you were doing wasn't working, or 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 whatever you're doing, you want to do something different, right? So mm. like, it's really frustrating. People are like that's not what we normally. When I did the anti-flag record, they've never played a closed hi hat in any of their fucking records Jesus. ever it's always like well, you know because it's like punk rock fucking kind of, of course vibes. yeah and i was like pat god of thunder i'm like bro i dare you to just give me eighth note close hi-hat he goes are you fucking anyway i got him to do it and they even did commentary that's on spotify of him being like fucking kenny Fuck, not let me do this shit he made me do all this different stuff and i'm so glad he did i'm like see me get outside that box listen that's to awesome. Kenny. that's what it is all right so here's what we're gonna do that was on the list off the list we're gonna go into our interview now with chad stokes from dispatch we're gonna come back do what the fuck we've been listening to and go right into our pick of the week with citywide but first let's go into our interview with chad stokes all right ladies and gentlemen on the guest list today we have from Dispatch, Chad Stokes. Chad, thank you so much for being here today, man. Uh, it's my pleasure. It's good to see you guys. We always like to start out the conversation with a question. And uh, I'm doing a little bit of research. I'm very familiar with the band, but I just wanted to get my facts straight. And uh, I was reading an article from the Denver Post. It was like three years ago. And one of you guys was quoted as saying, Dispatch is the biggest band no one's ever heard of. Do you feel like that is an appropriate way to describe yourself still? Or do you think you've moved past that? Um, well, I, I think, well, to start, I think that's a little mis. It's like the John Lennon Jesus quote. It's, someone said that about us. Ah, we weren't saying that. Uh, um, uh, but, I, but I don't think we minded that, you know, what would you say that, that, uh, parenthetical, uh, uh, description of the band. Um, so I, I do, I, and, and the question is, do I still feel like we're that or have we moved beyond it? Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting because I think at, you know at our when we were when we were growing up, there was no one who was no one who was older than us knew the band. No matter where you went, you could be in my hometown, but if you were in New England or Colorado or San Francisco or you know these pockets of of dispatch areas, you know, or Chicago. Um, you know, from certain parts, if you were, you know, if you were our age or younger, you knew about the band. And uh, so I always felt like the people, the suits and the, uh, you know, the, the, the machine, the labels, you know, it, the parents, older siblings that, you know, no, no one ever knew about us. So in that sense, 
I, I, I feel like that age thing started to break down a little bit. That's no longer the case. Uh, and I don't know what to attribute that to, but um, you know, I, I think because of that huge show in 2004, mm. uh, you know, where we you know, broke a bunch of records um, with, our, with our quote unquote last show, uh, you know, that was, you could say that at our height, you know, we, we, at that point, we probably, we probably were something along the lines of, cause we, we were getting, you know, we were getting, I think because we were unsigned, there were like, you know, people who had never heard of the band. And then there were like rabid fans. Mm. You know, there was always, you were kind of like, yeah, there was like a real grassroots, uh, really solid following. And then, but there was no kind of casual listeners because we weren't on the radio and we weren't, um, you know, on MTV or we, we had none of the usual, uh, I guess, top down um, rock and roll uh, kind of seepage into the culture. It was all from the ground up. The best way. Yeah. You said that you owed, that I don't want to say you owed, but um, that you kind of just found out that you became so popular doing part because people were illegally streaming dispatch songs <laughs> and albums, right? Yes. Yeah. So first you had people burning CDs. Yeah. Which I used to do. Yeah. We were like, do it. You know, we were, we Start were, we even, you know, we became friends with Sean, who's a, a, a local Massachusetts, you know, fellow Massachusetts kid. And we went down to support, we were with Chuck D from public enemy and we were supporting oh, Sean wow. at, the, at the congressional hearing. Um, you know, as like Don Henley and these other, and, and the record company of America or whatever these- <laughs> Metallica. <laughs> yeah, Metallica. <laughs> it was like them versus us, you know, and, and, uh, and, you know, we were always for the independent bands, we were like, burn, burn the fuck out of these CDs, you know, do just get it out there. We don't care, you know, come to shows. Oh, and fuck the establishment. Chad, I just want to say this. You use the word machine. And labels already. Me and you are going to be fast friends, my man. <laughs> so much of what we've talked about in this on this podcast, because yeah. a lot of this is we're teaching Dave things about the industry. It's me and then Kenny Carkeet, formerly of AWOL Nation. So it's two right. different ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Boxtron has always remained independent. Kenny's worked through the major label situation, now independent. Yeah. And when I, whenever you read anything about you guys, and of course, it's like almost an urban legend at this point, but Dispatch is the independence success story. Like, was that always a goal of yours early on to stay independent? Or was that like more of like a, a like a circumstantial thing? I, th I think we, I think it was both. It was we were we had some headstrong, you know, the three of us were pretty headstrong in in kind of our own in our in our way, in our way that made it hard sometimes to be a band. Um, mm. But there was this I don't think we knew it at the time, but we were, I, I didn't know it, but we were really on this trajectory um, that where by the time the major labels got to us, we were like, you know, I, in some ways I was like, you know, we're as, we're as big as, I, we're as big as we need, like we're growing and we're growing yeah. as a band and, you know, because they would say, you know, we can get you in six months, we can get you to where you're going to be in six years maybe you know but we were like yeah you could also put us on the shelf yep and no one would ever you know we heard horror stories from friends or whatever and we were on such a lucky in some ways you know with napster as as you were 
saying, Dave, that with, we were we were lucky in our timing and in our, uh, yeah, in that we were just, as we, we started to, people started coming, you know, we don't know where they came from, but they were coming out of everywhere as we toured around the country and really surprising us with, with um, filling the venues and selling out the venues. And uh, I think, um, I think the combination of Napster and us just touring and, and the song like the general really like getting into this kind of popular culture. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what you call that zeitgeist or something. Zeitgeist would be the It's one of those songs that just, it, it, it transcends musical taste. Mm. Nobody, nobody on earth dislikes the general. You can't, I don't care if you're a metalhead, a deadhead. If you like, I mean, it's, it's obviously like a softer rock and roll song, but rap fan, like everybody likes that song. It's a great like, song. What, like, so when, when you guys were like coming up at, and, and you started seeing success and there's more and more tr- people trickling into these stadiums and in, into these venues, what was the moment where you're like, holy shit, what do we got going on right here? We're like fucking huge all of a sudden. Is there like a moment where it just clicked and you're like, what the fuck? There was smaller moments like that. Um, I think in the Northeast, we had built it. We were going to playing at the wetlands in New York City mm-hmm. down on, on like Hudson Street. And we were doing that once a month for like 12 months in a row. And so we and we were doing it at the Middle East in Boston downstairs. So we were hitting these two places really frequently. And those are the places that started like that started having big lines around like we'd be eating a couple blocks off from the wetlands eating Thai food and mm. we see the line and, oh. and we'd be like, holy shit. <laughs> that is the best feeling as a musician because nobody wants to stay in the venue before you play. You like to go walk around, yeah, get, get whatever get local out, food is. Get something to eat. Yeah. And then there's always that moment when you peek around the corner, you're like, hey, was there anybody standing outside? Yeah, and yeah. then one day you look and there's a fucking line wrapped around the corner, man. It, it, like, so when you, when you're playing the wetlands and you're, and you're playing the middle East, what was the next step for you guys? Like, did you go right into, into touring with bigger bands or did you go and you. No, that's the other thing. We weren't really in a scene. I, we were kind of unto ourselves because like for a while, Brad, the drummer, uh, he, he was like our manager. Right. So we didn't have anyone really helping us out for, for the first few years. So we didn't know how to like, make those connections with the other bands. And, you know, we were just really like this little bubble playing like VFW halls, like high uh, community centers, high schools, proms. Like we were playing (laughs) this really random shit. And then I think there was a little bit of that moment when we we got a gig out in like Pomona out in California. Mm. And we got out there at random, you know, and there there was a battle of the bands uh, one day and then there was a gig at Pomona. We played in the Battle of the Bands. I think we got like second or third. I still remember losing that. And and then going and playing Pomona. And then we, we started to play in front of like 800 college kids who were just like a year younger than us. And they knew every, it was like we were back in Boston. And I think that moment we were like, I think that's when Napster really set in. And then we were like, oh shit. And then the only other thing I can think of is when we hit, when we were going cross country, this is stuff we, in a way, we all took for granted because we were just kids kind of like, oh, this is how it is for every band, you know? Mm. I didn't, you know, until I started state radio years later and like put in the grind again, I was like, oh yeah, like you can't just assume that this is how it goes. <laughs> so, because we, we did a tour, our first tour in a tour bus, we headed out West 
And then we hit in a couple of cities, we hit the exact same club on the way back because we were at that point, you know, where we were usually you hit that club and maybe in the next year you hit it again. Yeah. And you hope, but we hit it on the way home <laughs> and it was, or it was the same city, but it was a bigger theater in that city, a bigger club supply and demand, city, like, a, like a week later. So that's when it was like, started to be like, all right, this is, this is something, you know, but you could, even at that moment, you know, you could feel some kind of uh, tension that was brewing. And I know I was like, I was in a place where, you know, when you, I, I could like, my body wasn't feeling that healthy. And mm-hmm. I was like, I, and it was like telling me something, you know, when your body, when you're like sick because you're stressed or, you know, you're not in this, or in your bad relationship and you yep. know it, but you're not sure how to navigate it. So when you guys, you guys obviously break through and then you have a hiatus and then you come back. Yeah. It, like, Looking at like the trajectory of your career, you guys kind of like went outside the norms on everything. Well, what? Well, yeah, we broke up. At, we broke up. We did this. We finished. We took like a two years off, and then we did our final show. And then, and that was, you know, that was one hundred and ten thousand people. That was really hard to process. Right, hundred <laughs> percent. And then we, and then we break up like at our height. Right. Which I don't, we're not the first band to do that, but it was, you know, it's interesting when a band breaks up at their, at the peak of their success. Um, and, and then we took a few years off and then we came back and we were almost like for that 2011 tour, we were, it's, we were almost bigger than ever. And then, so, but then 2011 goes by and then we're like, okay, we did these huge, we, that's when we did like Red Bull stadium and we did like three shows at the garden Um, and and we're like but then it was like then we played 2012 you know the very following year we're like all right let's do let's do this you know we took a bunch of time off let's try and and then that that was like small you know that didn't wasn't off the charts because we hadn't been away for seven years right so so then we're like maybe we should just play once every five six years you know and then and then we had a where we had to come to terms with what kind of band we were going to be. Are we going to be this nostalgic band that gets together, uh, you know, once every five years, or are we going to, or are we going to be a real band again? And I think in 2016, so we, that took us some time to really figure that out. And then 2016, we decided to be a real band again. And then, and then it's been, you know, it's been great. Well, I'm glad you did because we got an early listen to the new record. Uh, We're going to get into break our fall, but before I do that, I want to nerd out for one second. I always wind up doing this. I was one thing I'd like to nerd out about. When I talked to the band and told them that you guys were coming on, they were like, you got to ask about the harmonies. When did you guys figure out within the band that harmonies were going to be like a trademark or that you guys had that ability? That was fairly early on, <clears throat> only because uh, I was in a like a rock ska band because I play the trombone too. What? <laughs> I was in a rock ska band with Pete, right? And Pete, Pete, Brad, and I started the band, and and I did want to bring that up too because when I said it's you know we started in two thousand sixteen and it's been great, you know it's that's that's a pretty broad stroke because we have had to navigate the three of us as friends and and brothers and been through so much you know pete's involvement in the band and and we can get to that later maybe but uh that hasn't been uncomplicated but uh the uh 
you know, we Pete, so Pete and I, we were roommates and we were in this band together. It was awesome. And then Pete was also, cause I was, I was, I was younger than those, than Pete and Brad. So I came to school a little later and Pete and Brad were all, were, had been playing like this acoustic thing, like a duo. And I had, I was, I had seen Pete and Brad play together and I loved Pete's songs and I could, and I, and Brad is like a, natural born like harmony guru mm. right he doesn't even need to think about it and i could i could hear that and what they were doing as a duo and pete said do you want to play with brad and i was like yeah i'd love to and i'd love to i'd love to sing with someone who was so was so spot on um, it's a god-given talent it really is man. yeah and he's i mean even Embry, who's who plays bass and guitar for us now matt Embry from rx bandits um one of my favorite bands of all time he he says you know live when if chad like dips flat brad dips with him you know like so it's it's nuts Brad's it's like insane he really is insane i mean you can i can play a song to him for the first time and then be like okay okay go record your parts and i'll give and he'll just like sing and and we've been singing for over 20 years now but but brad is the the what would you call it the linchpin or the the keystone to the to the harmonies because he's so uh He's so talented. He's so steady. His pitch is so steady. His ear is so good. In the early days, he'd have Pete and I singing one part like five times because he said we weren't hitting it. And and Pete and I were like, I can't Sounds hear great. Man. I can't hear it, man. But I'll I, if you say so, I'll go do it again. You know. Um, so and I think at that point, Pete and I were learning about you know as when you first started band you don't think about that and and sometimes it was hard you know brad's so so good sometimes i remember playing a show at a at a prep school and somewhere i think it was at middlesex and out in concord or wherever that is and i was getting like the hairy eyeball from brad back on the drums and i, I was like i don't know what that's for <laughs> but and then i i was singing like i was singing to the in the bass trap you know you probably experienced it you, yep. i'm singing to the bass you know which which i'm hearing like a quarter note lower than than, oh my god because i can't hear my guitar you know and brad's hearing everything and he doesn't know who to sing with or you know does he sing with me or does he sing with the guitar you know whatever but it's uh the harmonies and, and now we have some great guys you know jr Embry, and and, and matt Sowitz and uh mike Sowitzki, and they all can sing and you know it's it's been such a pleasure um kind of expanding that that those the big harmony and the range and and doubling up on parts and you know I love that shit coming from somebody in a two vocalist band I just want to say this and I say it with complete love fuck you guys you're unbelievable dude the <laughs> harmonies are crazy you and Brad have just been locked in forever and I mean coming into the new album we'll transition in, in to break our fall of course that that's a that's a standout right away as always it's what I look for in dispatch records I'm a nerd I love that shit but to me, like the way the record starts with May We All is a great album opener. I just love the driving pocket. And it wasn't exactly what I was expecting out of a dispatch record and, and coming in. Did you, like going in, were you guys like looking for almost like a, a different sonic palette to play with? I, you know, it was, it was the kind of thing where we, we were in a way, we didn't want to recreate America Location 12 or 13. Mm. Um, and we were thinking very sparse, you know, in our heads, we were saying, I'm, you've probably experienced this. We had an idea of what we wanted from the album. However, the creative process doesn't listen to your plan, right? So <laughs> they don't give a fuck. There I was like, I see, I see Springsteen behind you. And, 
and half these tunes I felt like I'm like, what the fuck, man? Am I, why am I writing songs that sound like the 80s? You know, I felt like May We All and, and Break Our Fall. Mm. They were like these, like, kind of like Cars, The Cars, or like Rosalita, you know, Springsteen, one of my favorite Springsteen tunes. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I felt like I, I, we can't control that, right? So we just are going with the best shit we got. And that happened to have that feel, which was so different from what we had conceptualized for the record. The hardest thing about being a musician, because Chad, by the way, we're teaching Dave to be a rock star. It's part of what we're doing here on this podcast. Well, first, let's rewind it like a month or so back. Um, I believe, and I should have looked this up prior. So we interviewed Corey Wong uh, about a month or five weeks ago. And um, like, so it's it's kind of a joke, kind of not, but I picked up a guitar about a year ago. Um, Colin and I linked up a few months later because he started a podcast at the start of quarantine when his band couldn't tour. And we we became friends. We would shoot the shit with each other every few weeks. Uh, I'd hop on his show here and there. And I drunkenly texted him one night, hey, can you teach me how to play this thing like for real? And then like, so we, we're going to do this video series called Making a Rockstar, like making a murderer. I'm, I don't know if you've seen it on Netflix. <laughs> we're going right. to make Dave a murderer and a rockstar. <laughs> like, so... My whole thing is like, I don't actually want to be a rock star because it, I mean, we, we talked about the tour life last week and that just sounds to me personally miserable, like living on a bus, like never knowing what city you're in, blah, blah. It has a high and a low. When I told him, I'm like, you know what I want to be able to do? And obviously not on your level, but I'm like, I want to, and this is before your people have contacted us or anything. I'm like, all I want to be is Chad Stokes around a campfire with did say this. all my, all my boys, all my girls that I grew up with and we're all just chilling. It's 95 degrees out. We're all, you know, drinking beer and I'm just jamming out on the guitar like Chad Stokes. And that's exactly what I said. You were exactly his example. I'm not, that's not a lie. That's a dead serious thing. Oh, uh, that's awesome. I'm glad to know that I'm some kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, quintessential campfire guy. I dig it. Well, I will say this. Well, now that you're here, like you're, you're beholden to the fact you have to help Dave. You have to help us in some capacity. So we'll get you around a campfire and you can teach Dave how to be you. But to me, like <laughs> where I was going with that was we always trying to explain Dave things that our guests are, are saying, like kind of like in a musician's like way. Right. Creative process is a bitch because everything you do in music, you're trying to take this picture you have in your head and put it on wax. And it never winds up where it starts. Yeah. Like, from this perspective, you said you wanted to go sparse and you start out with, with what I wouldn't expect out of a dispatch record. Right. The rest of it though, the one thing that I really did take from it was the fact that you're really speaking your mind on a lot of important topics. You're getting, you know, state radio, obviously have political backgrounds and everything like that. But yeah, I've said this to a few different songwriters that we've had on and uh, Katie Feeney being one of them from the band, you do you. And I said, she just wrote a song called everything is trash about the current state of the world. And I said to her, I have a hard time taking my political ideals and things like that and putting them on paper. I have very firm things I believe and I'll talk about them, but for some reason as a songwriter, I can't pull that out of me. Has that always come natural to you or is that something that you've worked on over the years? I think it's this, I think it's the story that I find compelling. So I think hmm. if there's a story to be told that has, you know, uh, that had that, that in a way can cut deeper, right. Hmm. Than, than kind of spitting out a bunch of, um, unjust shit that's going on is you can just like I, I I do I've always liked history in that sense of like the stories are the, are what are what really connect us all together so I think mm -hmm. I think that's easier for me to go there although I you know uh, 
and and I think there's there's in in a way there is sometimes being too literal. I mm. think that's part of what you're saying is being too literal is just is, is not very poetic, right? right? And it can just be it can be right. almost um, it can it can be put off. It can be a put off. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so I don't think it comes that that easy. But I think there's you know the the greatest protest songs out there are, are you know it's are they're not necessarily hitting you over the head with the hammer about their point. You know, yes. they, you, you, the story kind of speaks louder. I'm, I'm always impressed by people who can synthesize how they feel in, in a situation like that into song, because you put it well too. It can be off putting at times. If I think you have to, to truly believe and understand and care about what you're talking about, because people can tell when you're just doing it to Perfect. try and say something that people want to hear. When yeah. I was, this record i truly believe and understand that you know what you're talking about and you care deeply about what you're talking about with a song like promised land i love that song and i thought you did an amazing job of taking what you were thinking and feeling and put it over music thanks yeah yeah a lot of that stuff is like some of it isn't it don't is that fine line when you're when you're trying to be creative of um don't you don't want to be too harsh on yourself because then you'll never write anything right but you also want to have a a, a good meter for what you believe is good or bad and you know that helps when with your bandmates you, you send them stuff and you, you see what's resonating um and a lot of like a lot of that stuff was like early demos and i wasn't overthinking it i was just sending it out and then i would uh i might try to uh fine tune it later and of course the band typically as i'm fine tuning it says no no no, no. i like it the way it is in the demo <laughs> so, always man or it's the other thing where you send a demo out and they're like this sucks we need to work on this <laughs> yeah yeah i think if my demos if if our demos suck they don't even get worked on <laughs> trash them uh, so i think there's that you know just like uh uh you know believe in that in that first creative moment as long as it, you know, there's a lot of mediocre stuff that never sees the light, but, it, but if uh, there are those, the songs that make it are the ones that uh, I feel like almost in right away. I, but I will say in May We All, I had just lists of lists of stuff is because I had May We All Be Forsaken, but then what follows that? Right. What am I saying? And so I had just like, I had just like 50 different options of lyrics to follow that line, which was kind of mind numbing after a while, you know. It's one of those things where you ever see like the magnets on the fridge with random like phrases, you just yeah. fucking start throwing magnets at the fridge and seeing what makes kind of sense. It's a, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a process, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Bowie used to take, you know, read the newspaper and take out words that he liked and then arrange them, you know, like an early version of that. But um, I, when, after listening to the record, I, 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 I took a lot out of it. And it's a beautiful record for one, but my question is kind of like you guys are 20 years in now, 20 plus. What do you what what is there to say on this record that you haven't done previously? Well, I think musically, you know, uh, I can attribute uh, you know some of this to Brad. I was as I was sending him the demos, he was really gravitating towards the ones, you know, there were like reggae tunes and whatever, and but he he was kind of gravitating towards the ones that he felt like like the legend of Connie Hawkins. Love that. Or, or May We All or Break Our Fall, these songs that didn't sound like Dispatch, typically, like you were saying. Um, so he was like, I, he was, 
you know, I remember him saying to me, I know what this sounds, I know what we would, this song will sound like if we decide to record it. I have no idea what this song will, where this song will take us, you know? So we kind of leaned on those tunes. Um, and then, and then, you know, cycled back with some kind of old school, more like acoustic and stuff to, to, so that we didn't totally abandon our roots. But yeah, <laughs> you gotta give the people what they want in some capacity. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think, I think that was, I think musically, you know, like I, it's funny because my, when I was working on these demos, I was really thinking about the summer of 2020 mm. and that tour. Right. Uh. <laughs> so I was thinking like, I wasn't even thinking, I'm like, these aren't going to, I wasn't even, I was thinking, I want to play these songs live. That's, that's why they're more up tempo and stuff. Cause I was thinking, I want, I just want the live show to be fun. I, I want to rock out. I want to do this in retrospect, had I known we were going into a pandemic, I would, I would have geared us more towards like slow, vulnerable acoustic songs. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but we were, you know, we we recorded this right as the pandemic hit and before we knew what, what was happening. And so we were still thinking, you know, yeah, tour this, we're going to tour this, um, this summer. And I was really gearing all those songs for the, for the live concert. Wow. Have you, have you, so a lot of the people I should start with this have came on the show and and they've used the word pivot. So you all right, so you had an album ready to release um that was geared towards a live audience, you know, more upbeat, like you said, to get, you know, a hundred thousand people, you know, singing along, getting drunk, smoking weed with you guys in the crowd. What like how did you guys pivot as a band because of the pandemic? Uh I mean in a way the we had recorded the album and um, had we released it, it wouldn't be the album that it is because mm. some of it was underbaked. Uh, so so we, we ended up having, uh, having that extra time to go back into the studio, he, me uh, on Martha's Vineyard and Brad in Denver. And we were able to go in and kind of make those tweaks that we felt like needed to be made. So in, in that way, it was, uh, we were, we had shit we needed to work on and it was, it kind of kept us focused, but yeah, there was a, I mean that the tour, we had a big summer tour plan. And so that's a, of course, that's a big, that's a big pivot. And, you know, we did a bunch of, um, uh, virtual shows yeah, and, yeah. and we, you know, people asked to be part of their thing. We would ask others to be part of our thing. And you actually, you did help out with wish fest last year. I was, I was out of town for it, so I miss it. But you guys did hop on that virtual show, right? Yes. Yeah. All right, real quick. Don't lie to me about this, because I've asked every musician, and they've all agreed. The virtual stuff was weird, right? It was a little weird. Like, it, it was, it was like, semi-apocalyptic in my eyes. It was definitely weird. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely weird. I found it kind of stressful, actually. Yes. Thank How long you. did you guys stick with that? Because, like, everybody was doing the whole Zoom thing, like, rock band. Uh, like, like everybody was zooming their family from like their own, yeah. you know, yeah. I was playing poker with my buddies a couple times a week. And after like two weeks, they're like, this fucking blows. Like, I'm <laughs> like, just not doing it anymore. I was, um, we did, we did it. We did it like, like we did it like every night for the first two weeks. You know, That's exactly right. Like, from, from the back room at my, we all like, we left uh, my siblings and I and our families, we all left where we lived and we 
descended back on the family farm oh, that's in awesome. Massachusetts. And, and we started playing like every night we're doing a thing. And, and after like, you know, after a couple of weeks, we're like, uh, we gotta, we got like, plus like you could like see the numbers ticking yeah. down. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we did a, Right. We did this big, we did this big virtual festival, virtual festival thing with like the war on drugs were in it and like Amos Lee. And oh, I remember yeah. we, we were in like a fucking like Zoom, and I remember just like getting applause after I was done. I was in this my office room with like an acoustic and a shitty little like interface and like the microphone. We're a six to seven piece band. This was not the Fox trotting to get that experience. And I was getting applause at the end. And I was like, you guys don't have to clap. I know this sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I mean, we this can kind of lead us towards the end of the conversation. You're you guys are such a live band. You're a communal band. You're a band that like. Yep. Braves that fucking experience. How excited are you to finally be turning a corner here and seeing a light at the end of the tunnel where you guys can cram so many people back to, to seeing you guys live? Yeah, yeah. I think it's really we really we miss it. We miss being together as a band. We miss uh that you know it is such a it's it's such a sublime experience for us at this point to 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 be playing still and for people to still be coming out and um, for the music, you know, the old, the old cherries people like, and the, and the new ones, uh, the people come on board. It's, so we, we really got to pinch ourselves to that, that here we are doing this. And I think, uh, I mean, I'm psyched to get out of the house. Yeah, dude. 100%. 100%. 100%. I mean, everybody, please go see dispatch when they're back on the road. I'm sure that's not going to be an issue for you guys. I know that people are excited for the new album. When does the new album drop? May 28th, I believe. Ooh, it's um, coming up, man. Coming up. And then uh, I also want to give a shout out. I know you guys are killing it at AAA Radio right now. So I want to say shouts out to all of our homies. We've been talking about AAA Radio a lot on this, but our friends at WXPN, WFUV, everybody, KEXP. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Congratulations. Thank you. No, it's a, it is a, we, it's fun to look at the, the company we keep, you know, as we... Uh, on those charts and stuff it's it's fun and, and as a band that for our, most of our career we're not on the radio you know it's really exciting to, oh, to be on it man i'm so happy for you guys please go check out the new album break our fall chad this has been a pleasure we will have you back to do some work to teach dave something in some capacity oh, you hey, are uh, his you are his end game by the way we've already covered that <laughs> that yeah that's true that'll be a perfect way to wrap it up uh one uh, final question I got for you. Whose birthday is it? <laughs> she does? Yeah. Uh, it was my wife. Uh, um, her birthday is 420. Oh. Um, oh. Happy birthday to your wife. Thank you. Uh, happy 420 to your wife. Having you guys back. I hope to God that we actually have slam-packed festivals, whatever, this year so we can see you guys again because you are – one of the quintessential great live bands to go see, you know? Um, so I, like, thank you. Like you, like we've told a few people this, we had Marco Berjan a couple weeks ago. Um, like there's a handful of bands that like, so I'm 32 years old, Colin's 29. Um, that like were the voice of like our upbringing dispatch is absolutely up there. And yeah. Um, yeah, so thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for making great, great music with the crew over the years and um, can't wait till you guys are back on the road again. 
Hell yeah. Yeah, man. thanks guys. You know, it's like it's a the the live stuff is a really I think I think what what we like about it is it's such a communal experience and that yeah. that's what we've been missing right this past year so much and uh you know going through a year of so much pain and um and uh strife it's yeah we're just looking forward to kind of like that feeling of just like kind of losing your mind and and just living you know in that, in yeah, that get fuck out of the house the world needs it the world needs it dearly and i know you guys are going to give it to him so chad thank you so much man we'll have you back on soon all right all right so that was our interview with chad stokes go check out dispatch's new album dropping this month great fucking guy great stories on the come up and it's really interesting to hear about someone on the early side of the internet age not even knowing they were blowing up on fucking napster so shout out lars old crazy isn't it Dude, I love that I got to throw a Lars Ulrich dig in there. He, we were talking <laughs> about Napster, and he wasn't naming Metallica. He was like, it was like us and fucking this person versus, and I was like, <clears throat> Metallica. And he's like, yeah, well, basically Metallica. So, uh, shout out to Chad Stokes. Great fucking guy. Go check out that record. Uh, let's Actually go. been in the Barstool office, by the way. The old office. Really? Dispatch came in and did a Nate at Night performance in the, the shittiest, dingiest HQ2. Dude, yeah. I did not know this. It was yeah, awesome. I mean, and I, I wasn't I I now I this. sort of like missed out on the dispatch college age. Right. So like everyone in the office, the fucking dispatch is coming in. And I'm like, all right, like start checking out their Spotify. I'm like, I like this. This is jam. And the live atmosphere that they brought to that oh, crappy dude, Robbie. office. Like, you know, the like it's always awkward when bands come in because they're like, you know, this isn't a, we're not here to do music. <laughs> These people are trying to work. There's like keyboards clicking. Everyone like gather around the rundown area. It was We've done awesome. that. Bro, I'm it's telling so you. It's so awkward from both sides. Oh, it's so awkward. Both it's awkward for too. everyone. Yeah. Do you know what the most awkward thing I ever did was? We we had a radio promoter. We were on tour. And he was like, yo, I need you guys to make a stop before you head to Charlotte. I need you to go to Asheville, North Carolina. And he's like, I need you to stop at this radio station. It's got 97.5 The River. Great, great station. Great AAA station. They'll pump your shit. We walk in, right? And we thought we were going to be on the air performing. We walk in. They have a banner, like, uh, in chalk. It says, welcome, Fox Trying to get them. We're like, this is fucking dope, dude. Sweet. We walk in. And they bring us into a conference room with, like, four of the DJs. And they're like, all right, play us something. And we were like, I thought we were doing, like, an interview on the air. They're like, no, 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 we just want to hear your shit. We performed for four people with acoustic guitars and, like, people had shakers and tambourines. We finished four songs and nobody said shit. And they were just staring at us. (laughs) And we were like, yeah, so that's us. And 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 they were like, they were like. Yeah, thank you for coming in. We love that. And I was like, we just drove. Okay, like, bye. We just drove like five hours out of the way to come here. Is it somebody's birthday? Did we just do a birthday yeah, what performance? The fuck was that? The they fuck were like, we all right, do, yeah. Darlene, happy birthday, congratulations. <laughs> no, but like they they did spin our stuff, which was cool. That is when we talk about like that's the type of dick play. sucking you got to do, kind of, man. Yeah, hey, gotta, I played you... a show at Best Buy headquarters. I think <laughs> I meant to bring up when Duddy was on. I don't know if I did or I didn't. That one time we had a day off in the same city that the dirty heads were in and we were all hanging out and then they had to go play a corporate monster energy show, but like in like a hotel conference room kind of thing. And we all showed up and we're in the back, just heckling them so hard. <laughs> and the, radio, the radio shit is so awkward sometimes. That's tough. Man. Oh, Duddy oh sure. dirty heads are coming to riot fest. Oh, Duddy, if you guys yeah, aren't playing that weekend, you guys should come out of Chicago for it. 
Dude, I'm, thinking awesome about, I'm thinking time. about it. They just announced a, a tour today. Dirty Heads and Yeah, yeah. it's all that. Fucking shout out Rome, shout out Dirty Heads. We should go out there and cover it. Go out there and fucking get with the bands and like chop it up with everybody. I would fucking love to do that, man. My anti-flag guys are there too. Like there's so many homies that'll be at that show. We'll make it. it. We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. We're I got a pleather couch and uh, actually two pleather couches. <laughs> and great AC. Me and Kenny and only need one, baby. 16, yeah, Kenny baby. AC. Yeah, hey, yeah, hey, yeah, I got a queen bed. I mean, hey, we listen, can squeeze two dudes in there. I was going to say, if you got one sleeping bag, me and Kenny can make yeah, it. Yeah, these guys I are used ace. to band life. Someone's <laughs> getting in the bed with you, bro. Yeah, I've, I've <laughs> somehow on the road, I don't know how it is. I always wind up being the one because we have fucking six people crammed in a hotel room. I always wind up being the one who sleeps on the floor. I don't know how the fuck that happens. Uh, all right, fuck that shit. Let's go into what the fuck we've been listening to. We'll go in the same order. Me, Dave, Rob, Kenny. Uh, my what the fuck I've been listening to. Raylan Baxter. If you don't know Raylan Baxter, go check him out. Uh, Americana artist. He did a Mac Miller cover album last year, and he transcribed everything into these weird fucking like seven piece orchestral like kind of Dick thing. Cheese. Do you what know Dick, Dick Cheese? Cheese? No, you know Dick Cheese? Know Dick Cheese. His name's actually Richard Cheese, and he does like piano bossa nova oh, covers Richard of all the songs. Yeah, 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 Richard Cheese. Yeah, well, I didn't Dick, know Dick, Dick Cheese, bro. <laughs> Dick anyway, Cheese. Continue. Let me go into Raylan Baxter. So. He makes these incredible fucking albums. He is one of the weirdest human beings I have ever met in my entire life. I guarantee you Andy Frasco knows him. When we have him on, we'll talk about this. We played a couple festivals where he played right before us. And I went up, and I've been a huge fan of this guy for a while. And I walk up to him, and I go, hey, man, huge fan. Love the Mac Miller album. That was fucking so sick. And this dude, he's got, like, bleached white hair. He's got, like, this, like, same outfit on every day, like a cartoon character. He just looks off in the distance, and he just goes, yeah. And then he just walked away. And I was like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> like, by the way, great artist. But I picked the song uh, Strange American Dream. Makes these beautiful kind of like Beatles-esque melody kind of Americana songs. Really cool voice. Go check him out. He has shit all over Spotify. Great artist. Raylan Baxter is my pick of the week. Uh, Dave, what the fuck have you been listening to? Uh, the last song in my Spotify, I went for a run today, not to brag, um, was Run Around Sue by Dion. Hey, I right love there. that song. If I got three drinks plus in me at a wedding i am mm. ripping up the dance floor to yeah. run around sue even though it's about it like a cheating bitch basically <laughs> not a great wedding song if you really listen to it closely but uh nonetheless it's just an absolutely fantastic jam old school that song's from like the fucking 50s yeah dude uh first off that is an absolutely spectacular drunk wedding song i totally agree with that classic uh that's a great jersey shore song you're down the shore that's on really oh, fucking time. yeah oh yeah, yeah. Me? that's yeah. the vibe of the jersey I mean, shore. yeah i guess like they like the old school italians out there okay so real quickly you're also thinking of jersey shore like you're thinking north jersey shore i'm talking south jersey shore is a big i'm difference. talking more to dude i was at seaside heights a week ago right i don't talk i'm not talking seaside that's heights. north that's jersey not, shore that's not north my jersey? neighborhood yeah okay. no. all right all right it's not north jersey it's south jersey but it's north jersey shore Okay, that makes sense. All right. Because everybody <laughs> calls like that area South Jersey. I'm like, it's kind of central. Jersey's its oh, own country, man. And it's only it filled is. with people from the Jersey Shore TV show. Right. <laughs> the so wrong, bro. Everybody oh. hates that show out there. Like my grandparents hate it because not one of them or I think Sammy none was of them from, are from Jersey. Exactly. Right, That's yeah. what yeah. everyone from Jersey always says. They're yeah. Like, like, First off, we're from Staten Island. The Southern Staten Island tip, trash. As if we're southern, different. The Southern tip of New Jersey like I'm talking the bottom is Northeast Philadelphia. When you just transport it down a shore, that's where Wildwood Wildwood is where we go. So, oh yeah. A lot of time in the Walmart parking lot. in <laughs> a, lot, a lot of Fuck time. Yeah. That's where like we all stay when you're on the tour bus. Cause the tour bus can't go and park in the city. Uh, I've been to that, that Walmart many a times. 
Uh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Robbie, what the fuck have you been listening to? So I teased it before. It is My Baby Wants a Baby from the new St. Vincent album. This mm. is just, I could have picked uh, any of the songs from the new album. I absolutely love it. The production on it is so contrasty to her last album, which we talked about, like, very robotic and futuristic. And then this one is like warm and soulful and mm. some funk and R&B. And there's so much uh, George Harrison influence, it sounds like, with the sitars all over it, right? So My Baby Wants a Baby just has incredible production. Uh, it builds to this awesome crescendo at the end of it. It has one of those George Harrison-y guitar solos in it as well. So that's the one I'm going with. I love it. I think everyone should check out the album start to finish. But if you don't, check that one out. Every lyric as well is like, uh, could be pulled from like a 70s noir movie. Like it's all over the top dramatic. This song is about like not wanting a baby and feeling selfish because you're a rock star. Like what's my baby going to say about me? I, I just want to play guitar all day. Like it, it's badass. <laughs> She's the it's best, Clark, She's the rock star. Best. Yeah. So check that out. I also want to shout out a uh, pop punk, uh, current pop punk band that I love hot Mulligan put out a song called featuring Mark Hoppus. That is not featuring Mark Hoppus. <laughs> that's good. See, now that's respectful. <laughs> I respect yeah. the fuck out of that. That's yeah, great. I, I like that. I've been seeing Rob, Robbie pumping hot mulligan on, on, on Twitter. And I was about to check that out. Now I have to, because if you're going yeah, to, I want to do that. That's so it's good. great. It's Dude, great. That's great. That'll get you. That'll get you clicks. That'll get yeah. you clicks. It made me clicks. so pissed off that pop punk didn't think of that first. It's like, fuck, what? we should have done that. <laughs> uh, let's just do a collective song with the three of us called fuck Kenny Carkey. And we'll just go, we'll go through yeah. like that. And I'll produce it. It'll be great. I was going to say, Kenny will be on it in some capacity. That's what I'm talking about. We'll come to LA and do that, Kenny. That's our, yeah, that's yeah, our plan yeah, 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 yeah. Kenny, what have you been listening to? <laughs> uh, I got um, actually an interesting one. Uh, there's a rapper named Aesop Rock, who's an mm. old school classic rapper, right? Back from like the 90s and stuff. And he's got a new project out. New meaning like the last two or three years called Malibu Ken. I'm kind of mad that I didn't think of Malibu Ken. You are Malibu my Ken. My name is Ken. And my first song was Kick Flipping in Malibu. Like, what the fuck, Kenny? But anyway... <laughs> He's been doing this collaboration with a guy named Tobacco, who's like this producer who's fucking rad. But mm. uh, and so Malibu Cannon Tobacco, there's a song called Tuesday specifically, but all of them. But the lyrics talking about lyrics that you were just saying, like, I've never heard a wordsmith like Aesop Rock in my fucking life. He's the I just pulled up these. I'm not a butcher. I'm not a baker. I pick a booger with a basic evolutionary failure. I do not open mail. I do not answer phones. The fridge is pretty much a home for mayonnaise alone. Like, <laughs> bro, this guy is on a whole nother level. It's so good. And the beats, the tobacco's beats are fucking unreal. Like the craziest kind of abrasive and, and rough in a great way. Anyway, mind blown Malibu Ken. I would love to see, I would love to see Aesop Rock do a record with knowledge. Do you know knowledge? Yeah, 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 yeah. I would love to see knowledge and Aesop Rock get together. I think it'd be fucking anything Aesop. That whole like Living Legends crew, Grouch mm -hmm. and Eli and and Guru and all them. Like, I mean, anything they'll ever do, I'll always be a part of. So, shout out Aesop Rock, man. Fuck, that's a way to cap it off, Kenny. Hell yeah, uh, guys. We covered a lot today. We really covered a fucking lot of music today. We talked about that's penguins. because we're really good at what we do. We are really good. We're getting better, and we're fucking really good as it is. So, fuck everyone else. Fuck before we go into our pick of the week, which of course is citywide, uh, let's do a little bit of a recap. Obviously, we've begun our journey in Dave becoming a rock star. Dave, you have your new guitar from Mark Roberge. Hold You're on, back hold in on, Chicago. Go grab it. Uh, yeah, for those of you who haven't listened yet, Dave got a Mark Roberge from OAR is a fucking saint and literally hit me up on on, on on Instagram and said, "Hey, uh, what's Dave's address? I want to send him one of our guitars." So this is a stage used 
guitar that Mark Roberts takes on tour that we have to return to him at some point. So we need to, first off we need to get we need to get Dave a guitar sponsor because me and Kenny aren't sending him shit so fuck him. Uh, but I would like to get Dave hooked up with someone. So if anybody on uh, Twitter wants to jump in and start sending us shit, there's got to be someone, right? Come on, I, I mean, see these indie t- bands we- all the time. They tag Fender Billy, tag yep. Fender Billy, yeah, someone tag Fender Billy. About. No, we've been ta- <laughs> we've we've been talking to some different guitar companies. We'll get into that off off air. But oh look at him! Go ahead, Dave, go in. I just fucking ripped a string. I think. <laughs> You ripped a string. I I'm surprised think. he hasn't put that on a White Sox bet on the yet. Microphone. Oh yeah, he put himself on the spot on this. He yeah, did. did, but <laughs> what chord is he? Yeah, baby. To find? Oh, I heard there that. it is. All right. Wait, was that the beginning of Thunderstruck, dude? You just fucking killed <laughs> that shit. Listen, I have full faith in Dave, and we have too many people. We have too many people involved. It's too big to fail. It's, they, it's not going to fail because I'm trying to open up this Amazon package right now. <laughs> I can't because I don't have a fucking knife by me. So it's going to fail. You Those can't. are the rippable ones, Dave. Yeah. I can see it. This is going great. They're called this peripherated is, edges. Let yeah, me tell you come something. on, bro. Dave also fucked himself because on air, he said, because we were talking about shows coming back and we have like our a huge show with Jane's Addiction and all them. There you go. And I said, Dave, I'm bringing you on stage. And he was like, all right, September 25th works. I've even talked to the people at the radio station and said, hey, I think I might do this. Bring this guy on stage. And they were like, fucking let's go. So, bro, the, the countdown is on. What if we fucking went up there in front of like 20,000 people and we were like, all right, Dave's going to play Wonderwall now. We're going to go grab a beer. Bro, I would be in the front row in my parka <laughs> in my friggin' bucket hat, you know. Bro, if you just throw out White Sox, Dave, man, I bet at least <laughs> half that crowd would be like, yeah. Yeah, Barstool. Have, How yeah, much does got... Big Cat make? Yeah. <laughs> 75,000 an episode, bro. 75,000 an episode. Yep. Do your, do your math. Uh, but no, I have full faith in Dave. He's bringing shit in. He's got Amazon on deck. We're going we're gonna to do this, dude. Robbie, you... Capos, he's got picks, yeah. Robbie, we got to make this happen, too. Yo, I mean, what, uh, what fret do I put the capo on for Wonderwall? Second. Second. What? Everybody, nice. right. Yeah. It's God, almost like that's, I know a, that's how... Listen, I mean, talk about a song's, like, history and, like, stamp on the world. The three of us literally just go... <laughs> I don't second. even play guitar. <laughs> Dave, play an E minor. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. the capo. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Did I get it? I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to hear. It's hard to hear, yeah. Zero, two, two, zero, 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 zero. Wow, you could speak in tablature. That's yeah, impressive, yeah, yeah, yeah. man. That's that's someone that's been behind the glass in a in a studio before. Yeah. All I do I is train people how to play music while recording them making songs, which they sell millions <laughs> of and don't deserve it. I never learned how to play tabs. I have no idea how tabs work. Tabs are easy. Tabs are the only thing that I could play. Tabs always looked to me like with, I started with tabs until I got to LA and then I got laughed out of the studio and had to learn the real shit. Yeah. I can't read I can't read music. I can't do tabs. I have I've been no. playing bass for a long time. I know like 40% of the notes. And there's only 12. <laughs> yeah, there's only 12. <laughs> uh, I'm 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 lucky. I don't have to think about this shit. I don't just, okay, the, 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 the tabs always look to me like binary. It pissed me off. I was like, this is robot language. Hey, dude, in the studio, you gotta speak every fucking language, whether it's go to the A to the C to the D to the F or to the one to the three to the five to the one. <laughs> yeah. How about or, the but, fact yeah. that when here, here's the thing you'll learn, Dave. This is like uh, you're Kenny, bilingual. Kenny, when you go in the studio, because different cities, different industry cities have different language and lexicon for different things that go on in the studio. Kenny, if you tell me to play one single big chord, what is that called? 
bar cord or power cord? Yeah. Just like your fucking one big ripping. Oh, cord. oh yeah, 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 footballs. See, you call them footballs in Nashville. They call them diamonds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that too. Diamonds. Yeah, that yeah. When, me I, when up. I talked about oh, footballs, because of I'm the talking waves? about I talk about whole notes. Yeah. So yeah. like ring two three four ring that one bar is a yeah, football. Yeah, yeah. Basically, basically, if you're going out of the bridge of a song and you want to go back into the chorus, you want to just hit one fucking big power chord. Some people will yell, "Yo, play play a football here." And you know what that means. You just rip a single fucking chord. But in Nashville, I said football when I first went down there. It's like five years ago. And they were like, oh, we don't fucking yeah, call like, them footballs, asshole. No, they yeah. literally like, <laughs> we don't call them fucking footballs down here. They're called diamonds. Get it right. Not only that, they have different ways that they fucking like. I remember sitting and we were working with like studio musicians. And the way that they prep for each song, they're so used to doing five songs a day. They sit down and they have shorthand how they write all their, their parts out. It's fucking nuts. I don't speak that language. I was just like, yeah play a G like just fucking play a G and they're writing down exactly what they're going to do. Some wild shit. Yeah. Yeah, I know we all agree. Good shit. Uh, guys, once again, Robbie Fox, thank you for coming on this week. You got to come on more, dude. Whenever you guys want me, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just chill in my apartment, smoking weed. That's me. You and Kenny, yo, are you and Kenny related? We're going to have to have some we good music be. conversations. Things yeah, we love and things yeah. we hate. Yes, yeah. it'll mostly be things I love for me. I don't like talking about things I hate. It pisses people off. That's what we have. <laughs> okay. and that's my whole fucking. That's in my entire existence right now is because people always always told me because I have fans, I'm not allowed to not like things, and I <laughs> am going to do the opposite of that. I fucking hate that. It's a good mesh, then. It's a good mesh. Yo, exactly. me and Dave unlocked a motherfucking monster when we brought Kenny on here because I'm literally Kenny's biggest thing is like I'm gonna say. What I want to say. Why can I not gonna say? Get I don't canceled. fucking like it. Boo. You know? <laughs> Boo. What, Kenny, I mean, what is Kenny? I, this is a real sincere question. Like, and I don't mean this in an asshole way, so I don't take it as one. Like, what do you got to lose when you, and I, I'm talking not just you, but people in general. Like, if you, you can't get in trouble if you tell the truth. Well, you know? listen, it's the same thing with like, if you, like care, Jeffrey if you care about your career and you need to kiss some ass and then you're not really going to shit talk certain people. I've, this is the jaded part. I did it. I'm kind of done with it. And now I don't give a fuck. There's nothing to cancel because I do what I want. I'm independent as fuck. Like, yeah. I'm, and still, I just, I'm still trying to get interviews with all these people. So I'm like, fuck. Yeah. yeah. See, yeah, yeah, I yeah, love yeah, all yeah, your music, yeah. man. It's great. Yeah. See, yo, but the thing is, I think with this podcast specifically, we've made it a point that I don't want to talk to people that I don't want to talk to. I yeah, don't want to. No, I yeah. don't want to. Like if, if like Taylor Swift were to call us, like I, of course, I would probably have to do it. Like, I feel like that'd be great. Business. Say, you're not picking up. Oh, no. Well, you, no, no, I, I, you could sit that one out to Taylor, bro. I'd have I to would, call her Trailer Swift. <laughs> no, but my thing is though, like that would be such a fucking awkward interview because at some point I'd be like, "Yeah, this is all kind of bullshit, right?" Like, you know what I mean? Like, I would have, like, I would fuck that up somehow. Like, part of me, yeah, 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 I would feel like an asshole if I listened back to the interview and the whole time I was like, "I love your design. I love everything you do. I love your design." No, I, I feel right? what you're saying. There's hey, dude, fighters put, that I won't interview because I've shit on them. That's what I'll I'm talking about. I'll put yeah. out a tweet like, uh, "I don't, not feeling new Sir Sly record. Kind of disappointed. Don't love it." And be like, "That's so fucked up." But how is it fucked up? I didn't say they're bad people and they're shitty at their job. I said I don't like their fucking record. Hey, why can we do that? Why can we do that with like athletes and that's like pretty much unit like and not artists? Like you can. It's, like here's here's one. I don't think I'd ever give a fuck to uh, interview Billy Joe Armstrong. Really? I think Green Day fucking Whoa. stinks. Oh, me and Robbie are going to fight you I on mean, this one. Billy hey. Joe's been on every talent request list I've ever written in my five years at Barstool. Like, I do you, Dave, because that's what I'm talking See, about. Feels but I good, respect that. It? I respect the fact that you, you believe that. You're wrong, yeah. but that's okay. 
I, I mean, I, love, I, say I don't I know if I say I respect it, but <laughs> I just don't really like Green Day's music all that much. It just that's okay. Yeah, like I, I don't. I'm, that's not an indictment on. I don't know. He could be a shitty guy. I I can't lie about I, this. I, don't know. I, I did. Dude. I did just recently hit up Mike Dirt to ask if he come on, which I want that very. No, much. and that's fine. Like I'll I'll sit there and you know schmooze. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see? Yeah, when I remember in Entourage when Turtle I'm like Green Day. Yeah, you remember in Entourage when Tur- they're playing golf and Turtle has to meet Tom Brady and he tells him to suck his balls. Yeah. That would be basically what Dave was gonna do. No, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I would just like I would. He you know. worried me. He worried me when Shiflet came on. I told him before the interview. Yeah. I said, please do not tell him anything you've said about Dave Grohl being a jack of all trades, master of none, because <laughs> he's a master of a few of them at this point. Yeah. Dude, like this is. No, this is the, where the whole argument with that. And I knew that was going to, we don't have to rehash it. Yeah. Towards the end. I of this, think but. that Taylor Hawkins and I say this without having a single fucking clue how to play an instrument. I look at it. I'm like, that looks difficult to do. I watched Dave Grohl play guitar and I'm the first song I learned to play on the guitar was Dave Grohl song. He also like, has I don't th- three different guitar players in the band. He's not like a, he's no, yeah, no I would never yeah. say he's, he's the master of guitar. I would say That's, he's I, definitely I said, a master of the drum. I said musician. <laughs> oh, I won't argue that music. I said musician. I take that back. I, I amended to guitarist. And I think fair that's enough. fair. Dave, I don't think, Dave, I don't think anyone's going to sit here and tell you Dave Grohl's an Dave amazing Grohl's He mastery, writes great riffs. Right. Dave Grohl's mastery comes from his writing. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Oh Although yeah. I will say this though. And he I've got to old... sit next to fucking Kurt Cobain for how many years and watch him do and it. Learn. Like, yep. Yeah. I've never, I've never really been that, that like um, blown away by Dave Grohl's lyricism. The songs that he puts together are great he did make a really popular song about getting a blowjob so i mean what song yeah everlong dog yeah that's about getting head that's about getting his dick sucked i mean he made he made a great song about eating pussy all my life yeah love it but i hate the taste come on dude you gotta go go deep go deep on and listen (laughs) like i said i couldn't use no more great dave girl for the rest of my life but go deep there's some special special shit in there you got to tell me what other sexual innuendo songs you got to re-listen to all my life. Just under hey, the, everybody, the we're the Foo Fighters, guys. and we're gonna play some fucking hits. <laughs> well, yo, can I? Me and me and Robbie were texting about this last week. Actually, there's one guy who I love to death. He's one of my favorite musicians of all time. Who I don't think I'd want to sit down and talk to that much. And it's Jack White. Oh yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah I don't want to have nothing to say to him, man. This is my thing. Like I don't. I don't know what could we talk about. There's. I would it, walk on eggshells because I would just feel like I would say one wrong thing, and it's yeah. just like, oh really? Well, he shoot me with a crossbow. <laughs> yeah, I'd ask like, him what it was like riding bullet with butterfly wings or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, uh, we were in New York last week, and we had a meeting with like producers and shit. And there's so we always have athletes on our on our main show out here, like Chicago athletes. And they, they want to expand to like Chicago celebrities, like Ashton Kutcher's a big bears fan, like blah, 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 people like that. And Billy Corgan was on their list that they gave uh, to us. And I'm like, huh, I kind of got a story with Billy Corgan. And they're like, what was it? I'm like, I don't know. He was just like an, a kind of a dick to me for no reason <laughs> at a bulls game when I was pissed drunk. And they're like, what? I'm like, I, I just don't want to talk to him. He's on my ban list. Like he's, he's one of those guys I got a grudge with for life. Fuck this, this is this is this is a conversation that we'll go into on another day. Robbie, you're Korg gonna be is a weird soon. guy. Yeah, Robbie, you're yeah. gonna be back soon. I'll I'll have Robbie on whenever. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, Robbie, so come on. Yeah, Robbie, Robbie's an OG dude. So Robbie will be back on. Uh, Kenny, Dave, great job as always. Uh, we got big guests coming up. We have a lot of interviews to get done. Uh, thank you again to Chad Stokes for coming on. Let's wrap it up. We're going to play the song Memoirs of a Prom Queen from the band Citywide. Great fucking people. Really hard workers. Great band. Let's go into our pick of the week now. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, our pick of the week this week. It's a local Philly band, right after my heart, of course. Uh, we have Citywide on. We have Emily and Ben from Citywide. Guys, how are we today? We are wonderful, Colin. How are you? I'm here alive. Fantastic. I want to ask you guys, like, real quick, I need, I need you guys to do something for the listeners who aren't from Philadelphia. Can you explain what a Citywide is? Of course, our favorite activity. So at many of the dive bars throughout Philadelphia, we have a lovely drink deal where you can get a shot of whiskey and a beer for probably like three or four bucks. So clearly it's just in typical Philly fashion where you're just getting hammered off of like random stuff for cheap. It's perfect. It's amazing to me that people don't know what that is. And if you go other places and you ask for it and they look, you they got six fucking heads and you're like, just give me a shot of beer. God damn it. Like, (laughs) When when I first found you guys, because I remember you guys might have hit us up like a year or two ago, and you, we were just like yeah. talking bullshit. And I told you guys like, yo, this is pre pre COVID, but I was like, yo, gotta have you guys open up a show. That offer still stands, by the way. When we do come back and we start playing shows again, It'll you guys are, that. yeah, we're gonna make that happen. And we're already talking to people. Let's go. Let's go through because we're talking about memoirs of a prom queen today. The new yeah. single. Uh, you guys also because I, I was I was looking through everything and you dropped. Did you drop an EP during quarantine, or was it pre quarantine? So it was right before January 2020. I know. What has the past year been like for you guys? Because I know we asked this to everybody and everybody's got got like a similar story, but what have you guys been doing for the past year? Dude, so yeah, after we came out with that EP, we were like booking shows and stuff. We had a bunch of stuff lined up throughout Philly, you know, and uh, everything one after another, cancel, 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 cancel. Such a huge bummer. So we kind of pivoted to this idea of coming out with a record. And kind of uh, individually on our own, we kind of just started writing, but like not really collabing because like we couldn't really be together. And mm-hmm. so we would, you know, sometimes send each other, you know, files and shit over the internet. Um, but we kind of just pivoted our whole operation. You know, we were going to go full on live shows, you know, just do that for the, you know, for, for foreseeable future. And then we pivoted to just, you know, fuck it. Like, let's make the most out of this opportunity. Let's put out a record. Like we have the ability to do that. Why the hell not? Even though we just came out with an EP, like, let's write 10 more songs. And that's it, what we flood did. the market, baby. That's what you guys do. <laughs> exactly. So you've already used the word that we use constantly in this podcast. It's pivot. And everybody had to do that over the last year. Why the fuck am I sitting here right now talking into a microphone? You know what I mean? Like, we all make decisions when the chips are down because that's what, that's what this whole past year was. We were all fucked. We, were all, we all got put in this shitty yeah. situation. But the one thing I've always dug about you guys is it just seems like you guys are a lot like us when we were younger in the fact that it's just like, okay, I don't give a fuck what the circumstance is. We're going to make something happen. And I love that shit. And that's why you guys are here today. So I'm really happy to have you on. I'm glad you recognize that because I always feel like, at least following you guys through like the Kill Your Internet podcast in the beginning and all that shit, I remember like in the very beginning, you guys talking about how you guys got started and like that's why we want to be on this podcast and why we listen to this podcast because you guys are out here helping bands like us realize like, yo, if you just put the work in and you just are able to pivot, like you said, you know, get your shit done, then like stuff happens. Like that's when the magic happens. So it's like for us, that's that's a compliment. Honestly. And we appreciate that, but I'm, I, I really have rarely said that to other bands because I, it, it's weird. Like first EP for us came out in 2014 and I still feel like we're there. Like, it's like, it, yeah. it, it's gone like this. It's fucking gone like that. But there's been a few bands that I bumped into where I'm like, I totally see them in us, which is fucking super weird to say. But I, I mean that in a high compliment because I no, we're taking it as a compliment for sure. Good. good. <laughs> Let's talk about the new single. Sure. So we're talking about pivot and sending fucking files back and forth to each other. Where did you guys cut it? Did you, did you cut it individually and send files or did you guys get into a studio and get it done? Oh, so yeah, we, I'm glad you asked this question. So 
uh, in July of last summer, we actually rented an old, like 200 year old farmhouse up in upstate New York, cleared out the whole place. And that's where we recorded this entire album. What? So it's got like this, it's got this like old antique, you know, farmhouse vibe to it. You know, if you can, you can kind of hear it, but uh, yeah. That's oh, I can hear it. Well, I was going to say it has a very classic vibe to it when you listen yeah. to the song. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. We're super DIY over here. Like we're doing it all on our own and we did with our EP too, but this was like a whole other level, you know, like 10, we have 10 songs come out on our new album oh, actually man. that's dropping in July. So that was crazy putting that all together. And then, yeah, we went up to upstate New York and just jammed for like five days straight and banged it out and um our wonderful bass player and producer evan he's like a miracle worker um he's just doing this all like all this shit on his own really um with us like obviously helping throughout the process but we got really lucky he's super into producing as well so dude, it sounds great i did not know the backstory behind this just so yeah. anybody listening i did not have like a fucking preconceived notion on this yeah well let me ask you this did you guys film it did you film what you were doing Actually, we didn't film everything, but oh. we did have, I know, I know, mistake in hindsight. However, <laughs> we did have our keyboard player wore, um, what's it called? The GoPro, GoPro? on his head yeah. for like the whole weekend. And I just found the footage like three days ago, yeah. looking through it. And I was like, dude, this is fucking sick. Like we have to somehow mesh it all together. But dude. it was so funny, like just watching us like, we were doing citywide the whole weekend, obviously. As you should. I mean, that's branding, ladies and gentlemen. You have to do that. It's marketing, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, it's just watching him, like, crack the beer, like, holding it up to the camera above his head, like, cracking the beer. See, I'm worried about you guys now because now you've branded yourselves. You've branded <laughs> yourself. So every city you go to now when you're playing, when you're touring, people are going to give you a shot in a beer. Just watch out for yourselves, all right? Just make sure you guys <laughs> do when you're on the road. So let's, let's go through the song because Emily vocals are fucking fantastic. Thank you. I appreciate it. Who played the roads? Who played who played the whirly? Who played the who played the keys? Oh, that would be our uh, buddy Andrew Frederick. Um, oh. He does keys and trumpet, actually. No shit. Yeah. yeah. That was sneaky because I didn't pick it up at first, and then towards the back half of the song, I heard it peek in, and I was like, yes, I, yeah, I, 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 I love yeah. this. Yeah. All right, man. So let's talk about the song. So, who wrote it? That's a great question. So, it's <laughs> because. Um, well, I feel, I feel like overall, we all typically contribute pretty heavily, like pretty equally to most mm. of the music that we write. However, um, I will say this song was very heavily influenced by our guitar player, Ray Pomponio, who has got a very playful spirit with this type of thing, um, especially with the lyrics. We had felt with our EP that we, we kind of wrote our EP really quickly. It was, a, it was a first take at writing music. We didn't really have our groove yet. And one of the notes that we had looking back was, hey, we feel like lyrically we kind of stuck to the norm. Like it was mm -hmm. a lot of like love songs and growing up and that's great. We love yeah. the inspirational shit. But then we were like, maybe we want to add some more pizzazz, something a little different. And so Ray was like, fuck it. I'm just gonna take inspiration from my everyday life. And like one day I was scrolling through Facebook or Instagram or something and saw this girl from his high school that he remembered was like the popular girl, quote unquote. And he was like, oh, that girl's a bitch. I wonder like, <laughs> and he just oh like God. ripped it with these like crazy lyrics, just yeah. being like, I think this is what this girl's internal monologue was back then. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like Ooh. out of nowhere. That's fucking uh, sick. Cause I was like, I was like, it would make sense if Emily wrote this one. I just like right. looking at it on his face. Think, you think? You think? Nope. It was Ray. I <laughs> no. love, I love a good fuck you story. I'm always a big fuck you story guy. So yeah. I like that one a lot. But the song came out fantastic. And you're telling me you guys, you did this all yourselves. One hundred and ten percent. Yeah. All right. Well, then I say this lovingly, but fuck you. That's awesome. Dude. That's so <laughs> sick. 
Because I was going to say, did you guys do it in Headroom? Did you do it in Spice House? Did you do it in Philly? A fucking farmhouse in upstate New York is a pretty badass story. Oh, yeah. 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 So I will give a shout out for the artwork. That was not by us. That was mm. by um, Ben's cousin, John, who oh, was really awesome, too. So. Yeah, shout out John Mayland. He, uh, he was actually the first person that we actually, like, Have brought, ever in brought in for anything. Anything. <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, DIY right do it yeah. yourself i totally get that because we're still doing that every goddamn day no matter how many people i that's a lie i gotta give a shout out to a couple of people dylan edinger who's our photographer who is just that's my baby boy that's my i love that kid to death uh paul shuley we have a lot of people that we work with that i'm very like fortunate too but the spirit of just being like fuck it we gotta get it done is what you have yeah. to do what 100%. you have to do it's the grind baby gotta get it done well so looking at it you have all this music recorded What's yeah. the what's the game plan? Are we doing singles? Or are we dropping the full record? So we just did the one single, Memoirs of a Prom Queen, and then we're doing another single called Once Made Man coming mm. out um, July. I mean, sorry, June eleventh. Nice. And then the plan is that the album is going to drop in July. Oh, sick. well, whatever it is, you have to tell us because we're going to have you back on. We'll plug oh, it obviously. Oh, Share yeah. all that shit. You guys are a part of the family now, dude. You know, you're, you're part of the family. So, exactly. Well, so, we do, a, we do a segment. This doesn't involve your music. This is more about what the fuck you guys have been listening to. We do a segment every week called What the Fuck Have You Been Listening To? And I'm yeah. interested, being that I dig, I dig what you guys have going on. I want to see where you're pulling from. What the fuck have you guys been listening to? That's a good question. Um, so, I, right now, I'm super into this Philly band called Sweet Pill that Ooh. I actually saw play at uh, yeah. the FDR Skate Park uh, for a skate comp, like, two weeks ago they played around 995 there and it was fucking packed show like people Wait, down at like fdr like yeah it was, no it shit. Was and there's like a skate competition going on at the same time so i saw them there and i've been super into them ever since they're like pop punkish uh oh, yeah. kind of vibe and then um i'm also super into this band lately called surf curse which you know they've been around for a while um they're like surf rock psychedelic stuff and uh i actually use them a lot for inspiration for uh one of the songs that i wrote for the album um so shout out to them as well Love uh, yeah, those two bands good shit yeah and we we've also um used a lot of inspo from uh, lake street dive hell yeah all right that now we're talking about that yeah especially the lyrics on this song like that upbeat like fun kind of playful thing like like their song side pony stuff like that yep. oh that kind makes that total sense yeah yeah exactly i was gonna say because there's one Philly artist that you guys remind me of a little bit. And Emily, it's more your voice than anything. Are you yeah. guys friends with Katie Feeney at all? Do you know Katie at all? She's known as Roberta Faceplant on, on Instagram. Uh, she, is, she is one of the most badass motherfuckers alive. She's been a guest on the podcast. She's a really good friend of ours. She's the, uh, you Do You is the name of the band. I want you to do okay, me a favor and go check out Katie Shake. She just put out her first solo thing, but you do you. Your vocals remind me a lot of her. Oh. And that's a compliment because Katie is a total badass. So um, I, I find it funny because I was waiting for one of you to be like, no, nah, we've been listening to Strictly the new J. Cole album. Like, that's it. Like, <laughs> what's I've been listening to? I can't lie. Like, I've, I've been in a hole of J. Cole. Oh, yeah. I heard you guys talking about it last podcast or two podcasts ago. I'm just a, yeah. I'm a, I'm a diehard fan. But <laughs> so what, what's a guilty pleasure? Like, what is something you've been listening to that people wouldn't expect you to listen to? Well, it's a great question. Dive in. I've been listening to so much Miley Cyrus recently. <laughs> I will okay. say, but I will say because I feel like her voice, I love that like mm. deep bass, raspy, female, powerful voice. Oh, and yeah. obviously there were some interim years where like maybe her vibe of music got a little... 
Yeah. Um, not not as keen on, but currently, you know, I'm I've really been pulling from some of her like just just that deep uh like alto, like true alto vocals. You're gonna love Katie then because that's exactly Katie's vibe. I will say this. She's someone who I would have like a couple years ago been like, ah, she's just one of those LA artists, what whatever. Right, yeah. Of course she's giant. Now she's becoming more and more individual and just being like such a badass. Dude, exactly. That new rock record's fucking sick, dude. That's what I'm saying. I was like, oh shit, like Heart of Glass, like a cup. That's a sick cover. Like that's dope. Who would have ever thought that Miley? I mean, and if you really learn her background, I guess it kind of makes sense. But I didn't know. I didn't know her background at all before that. It's not like she has enough family connections. She's not hanging out with Dolly Parton and her fucking dad. You know what I mean? So right, right, right. right. Like this is her life. But all right, Ben, give me something. Give me something that you've been listening to. So I'm like super into Alicia Keys. I've been in love with Alicia Keys my entire life. Like dude, that is dude, like my number one guilty pleasure for sure. Love Alicia Keys, dude. Love her. <laughs> oh, I love her, yeah, man. Dude, I gotta say, I I'm so happy that we got you guys on because this has been a long time coming. And I will say, if I can give you guys any advice, just keep doing what the fuck you're doing because I I, I love it. And if you ever need anything from us do not hesitate to call because we'll do whatever we can to help you guys out. Yeah. Thank you so much. And like I said before, like this podcast, you know, this is the type of shit that we, we love to hear because you just giving your authentic candid advice or just even talking about your experiences and how you mm. really come up to where you are. You always talking Colin about your like go getter attitude. You're like, I'm going to make shit happen. Like yeah. that's how I feel. And that's how we feel. I think like that's really inspirational for us. So we're just, we're happy to be here, but we're also just thankful for you making this content, you putting this stuff out because we're, we're lucky to have that advice. And the whole point of this entire thing is literally that if like, I'm not saying like we made mistakes. That's not at all like what this is about. It's not like, oh, we fucked up this time, this time. It's more of like, dude, here are the roadblocks you're going to hit. And if you can swerve them a little bit from what we've been trying to like tell people, dude, take that advice. But I got no regrets. This whole thing's been a fucking awesome journey and who knows where it's going to go. But oh man, yeah, look where it's, look where it's brought you now. This is awesome. Like it's got me in my office room in my house in Maniunk with a bunch of posters <laughs> on my wall. Love <laughs> on that. <laughs> perfect oh my god so we're gonna play the song oh, go ahead emily i'm sorry after you i was gonna say maybe we can get we're actually trying to make vinyl uh records of our albums maybe we can get one on the, that wall behind you right there if you send one i'll fucking glue it right over springsteen feel free okay, no. absolutely <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh a high praise <laughs> oh, this is great too because this there's all these have glass over them except for bruce like i could literally knock springsteen out i'm just touching the vinyl right now i don't know <laughs> it's all d IY. It's all fucking makeshift. Me and my wife put this up. Like we literally like had tape measures out and shit, like putting it up. So there's no other way. <laughs> do. All right. So we're gonna go into the song Memoirs of a Prom Queen. Is there anything else you guys would like to say before we go into the song? Just Thank you to everybody who's listened to it so far and given us feedback and shit. I mean, that's been awesome to hear, you know, all our fans, you know, give positive reviews. So uh really appreciate everyone who's given it a listen so far. Oh yeah. yeah. We hope you like it. <laughs> well, trust me when I say we're gonna share it tomorrow, we'll blast it all over social media. Yeah, no problem with that. We'll do everything we can to help. You guys don't need a lot of help because I think you have some great things coming. Just keep doing what the fuck you're doing, and we're going to have you back on soon, all right? Sweet. Thanks. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Emily, Ben, thank you very much. Let's go into Memoirs of a Prom Queen. Here's a clue for you, dear. I'll bring you nothing but tears and oh. 